Jump State, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential art. I am your host, Christian, the unbiased king. I didn't have the soundboard up. Uh, here we go. Rolling. Espinal. And joining me through Discord, it is the man, the myth, the legend. It is Joshua. Gangsta Time Co. Well, it's called Partner, but it should be called Gangsta Time. What up, Chris? What's good, everybody listening? Hell yeah. Also joining, also joining us, it is uh, our edgelord, Big News, Brian. What's up, nerds? Hey, hey, hey. And uh, yeah, like Josh said, it has been a while. Uh, Jump was off last week, but we are back this week. And uh, bigger than ever, we have a bunch of series to talk about. Very excited to get into it, but uh, let's not waste any time. Uh, let's get into plugs. You could find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram. Joshua Cole, where can they find you? At JD Cole underscore thirty seven. That's on Instagram and um, at New Jump City Josh on X. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. But rarely. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brian. You can find me at B.ESP on both Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at um, when I'm streaming at twitch.tv slash it's punchline yeah uh you can follow the show itself at new jump city on instagram and x as well you guys uh, gotta stop calling it that. it's that's what it's called don't blame me it's so it's so cringe it's what that's what it's called we didn't change the name <laughs> follow the show itself on instagram and x thank you very much or uh, if you guys want to communicate us in other ways, you can email us at newtipcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want us to talk about, hit us up on that. We uh, answer questions on our pre-show chat show that we do. Um, we record it per- before every show, but it comes out on the Wednesday of the week of the show. So uh, hit us up on that. It'll be fun to chat about other things outside of manga. And sometimes we do talk manga, but you know. In general, check us out on that and uh, email your questions so we can answer them on that. Uh, if you prefer, you could also comment under our YouTube videos that we still put up uh, every week. Um, we still don't have video capability, which is totally fan because uh, we're a fun podcast regardless. So uh, hit us up on YouTube with some comments about what you guys think about the chapters, about the show, all that stuff. Uh, and uh, if you prefer audio podcasts anyway, because that's essentially what we are right now, uh, we're pretty much on every podcast platform there is. Uh, you know, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, blah, 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 blah. You get it. We're on it. Hit us up. Uh, Guys. What? I'm sorry to interrupt. I just thought of a good name for our, our pre-chat podcast. Oh, what? Do you know? Flashback like episode. Flashback episode? <laughs> <laughs> It's not bad. Tell me that would be sick. That's not bad. All right. I'll, that's something. <laughs> that's something to consider. Um, but yeah, well, flashback episode, pre-show chat show, whatever you guys want to call it. Uh, download that as well. It's a lot of fun. We we really enjoy doing it. And um, yeah, without further ado, um, let's get into the let's get into the show, guys. Let's fucking do this thing. Hmm. 
ブラッディクロスブラッディクロスワンピース This is One Piece chapter 1090 Kizaru、uh, and we open where we last left off with、uh, One Piece where we are now returning to Egghead to catch up with the Straw Hats and what they've been doing、uh, and it seems that since we last let them, left them to、um, you know, explore the world of One Piece and、uh, all the things that's been going on with that Uh, we see that Luffy and the Straw Hats have managed to subdue York, the traitorous、uh, satellite of Vegapunk, and、uh, are now holding her hostage as the、uh, Navy is approaching、uh, Egghead with a Buster Call sized fleet.、Um, and、uh, they've revealed that they are, in fact, holding York hostage.、Uh, we open this chapter with Luffy.、Uh, Yelling at them proper. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? You're really just gonna. You're just gonna glance over that, huh? Well, I'm gonna glance over. Did I miss something? You're really going to disrespect the smartest man in the entire series like that? Oh. You're really gonna disrespect him like that? I don't know what you're talking about. We got well, the man, the myth, the legend, Captain Kuro. As the cover page story, <laughs> and you're just gonna ignore that? That is true. He is there. Are you serious right now? You, your interest wasn't piqued by this cover story, Chris? It's not a cover story. You know, I remember, I remember once upon a time, you used to love these. It's not a cover story. Have you become jaded? It's not a cover story. I mean, it's not, but it's, <laughs> it's not it's a cover、Kuro. story. <laughs> It is Captain Kuro, which was funny. To see, it's like wow, this is actually, yeah, you know, it's so he won't scratch his face with his cat claws, which are 10 katanas mounted onto his fingers. This is、oh、the first、God. time we've seen him since Sear Village. That's true, and you're just gonna glance right over him like he's not the biggest fucking deal of all time. Well, dude, if he reminds you of the guy from、uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, that guy smoked Nanami, Nanami, brothers, yes. Mm. Why did I know it was Nanami? Because he's the yeah, only guy、cool. with glasses. Well, it's Maki. Oh. But... Oh. Damn. I've yeah. been exposed. Well, anyway. Well. Damn, dude. Put some respect on his name next time. I、okay? do respect don't Kuro. Let me, don't, let me, don't let me catch you disrespecting him like that ever again. I'm sorry.、Else. You're right. Apologies all right. to all the Captain all、right. Kuro fans、yeah. out there. Yeah, and the pussycat pirates. Don't forget about the、them. pussycat pirates. I'm sorry. Pussycat pirates? The pussycat pirates. All right. You can keep going. I'll let you know. Now, can I continue? If I, let yeah, me know if I step out of line again, Brian. Not yet. I got you. Don't worry. <laughs> I, that's why I'm here. I'm keeping us in the Let、chat. me know again, Brian. I, I'm, I, some, I'm sorry. Sometimes I get out of line. Yeah. Lord, Lord forbid that if Captain Axe, the, the, Morgan shows up and you skip over him. Like, I will, I, Brian, I would never do that. Okay. Okay. He has an axe for a hand. All right.、I'm、I、glad. cannot forgive that. <laughs> I'm glad we, we put that, we, we got that as, out of the way now. Yeah.、Uh, well, before I was、uh, corrected very justifiably,、um, Luffy is yelling at the, at the fleet to,、uh, if they value York's life, they will move away from the shore. And、uh, all of the navies, are, the Navy officers are like, holy shit, he actually has her in there. Yeah.、Um, And we see that、uh, even Big News Morgans is listening in along with Wapple and Vivi. 
Um, so that's cool. They're arrested the situation, which is nice. Um, the five elders actually conf- uh, start talking to Luffy, which is the first time they've ever spoken directly to him. Um, and they ask, "Is like who's still alive in there?" And Luffy starts to answer honestly because <laughs> this is Luffy's thing. And they and the rest of the straw hats like go like Luffy now, whether they hang up immediately. Um, so you know they hang up, and then um, Robin is lecturing Luffy. It's like, "Hey, information information is a weapon. Don't just fucking don't hand enemies your weapons." Um, and Luffy's like, "Ah, sorry about that, but you know what? They're gonna move now." And Usopp's like, no, they're not. <laughs> what do you think this is? Uh, so, like, how much do you really think they care about her? Yeah. One. So, uh, we cut to uh, Jay Garcia, who's on a ship, of course, and he's uh, talking about how, like, the three there are three things they must retain: York's safety, the punk record's brain, and the power plant that creates the Mother Flame. Everything else is disposable. So. You know, uh, the vice admiral that's down there with him is like, but Rob Lucci's group is in there as well as the other cypher pole agents. He's like, I speak of the worst case scenario, but you know, those are our priorities. Um, and, uh, he turns over to the vice admiral. He's like, think of humans as nothing more than insects. They will always breed more to make up for any loss. And I think even this vice admiral is like, God damn. That's cold. He's, uh, yeah, this is surprising because he's. This is the first time we've had One Piece, uh, a One Piece villain, be this much of an asshole and not be fodder. You know, yeah. like only fodder talks like this, but we know this man isn't fodder. Yeah, no, this man is uh, one of the bosses of the world. Um. Meanwhile, we cut back into Egghead as York is crying about how. He's like, you don't you realize what you've done? I've made an agreement with the five elders. If you hurt me, this whole island will go up in smoke, just like Ohara. And um, that's tough. Yeah. And uh, Nami just like bonks her on the head, you know, because no one brings up uh, baby girl Robin's trauma and gets away with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thanks. Nami. Yeah. And it's a nice little touching panel to see Robin like kind of smile and you know, given how much it means that like it how much it means to her that people care for her in this way. It's a very sweet moment. Um, but yeah, we 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 get these panel of, you know, a bunch of character acting. You know, I do love like the little details about how much he's able how how much Oda is able to fit in one small panel. You know, you have Luffy and Jewelry Bonnie eating their food, Usopp's working on some technology stuff. Um, you know, Chopper is like doing his whole like bashful thing. It's a sweet moment where all the straw hats are in the same room doing, being different and stuff. Um, you got to appreciate these moments when you can. Yeah. Uh, and Luffy in the back, chill, uh, uh, Luchi in the back chilling too. Rare. Not just chilling. Who would have thought? He's like speaking out loud. He sees that like, we see that Luchi's saying like four seriously wounded, two Vegapunks dead, the straw hats are, and then Kaku's like, Wait, what? What's that Luchi? He's like, talking to myself. And this comes up later, but we'll get to it when we get to it. Um so Usopp calls back down to the Labo phase basement where the CP five and onward agents that have been trapped in egghead for God knows how long 
are finally eating food after seemingly being starved forever. And they're like, oh my God, thank you for the food. You're our saviors. Now you just got to let us out of here. And Usopp's like, can't do that. And he's like, can we at least get a change of scenery? Uh, it's kind of freaky with them just right over there. And we see that they're in the same room as the Seraphim who are all captured in these bubble balls that are made out of the same material as uh, the PC, the Pacifistas MK three's bubble shield. So their C energy incorporated into the material, making it perfect, making it a perfect weapon for trapping power users. Uh, so four of the Seraphim are stuck in there. The Kuma one, the Boa Hancock, the Hawkeye and the Jimbe one. Um, so, you know, they're like, wow, they captured all of them. And um, uh, the Boa Hancock ones uh, says that they have, that they can rest assured because they have not received any order uh, orders to kill them. Uh, talking to the CP5, the, C the Cyberpol agents that are in there. Um, then Frankie cuts into the transmission and he says that he's grateful to, to uh, S-Snake, the Boa Hancock Seraphim, because she released them from the stone powers. And uh, Vegapunk is like, strange, that shouldn't be part of her programming. And we see that the reason that she released everybody from the Stone Powers is because Luffy asked her to. And uh, <laughs> Boa Hancock's love for Luffy transcends the bloodline elements that course through her veins there. Um, wow. That's really fun. It's an interesting moment. It's so too. adorable. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting moment, too, because... Uh, I think Vegapunk brings out an idea that like there's information that is translated, transmitted through bloodline elements. So I wonder how that applies to the Jimbe one. Cause Jimbe is right there. You know, what do you mean by that? Cause if Boa Hancock can inherit, uh, the, if the S snake Seraphim can inherit the love for Luffy, I wonder how like the Jimbe Seraphim would react after a certain point. You know what I mean? To what exactly? To just being like to their his relationship to Luffy and all that stuff would would the Seraphim eventually like consider himself a part of the Straw Hat crew? Because I don't know if it goes that far. I think it's like their quirks, you know? Hmm. Like um like maybe Jinbei would be against like uh I was gonna say something stupid. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe Jimbe, maybe um, S Shark would be against racism. <laughs> like that's I mean, he like would be. His, I would hope that's like his, like his, uh, <laughs> like his um, Seraphim quirk, where he's like, I can't stand racists. <laughs> yeah, that's like his thing. <laughs> I mean, I would hope so. I would hope that would be his thing, if anything. Um. But anyway, back to the chapter proper. Um, so Luffy thanks the uh, the S Snake Seraphim. She's just embarrassed. He's like, "Eek! Did she just? Did he just say he's in love with me?" Um, it's very cute. Um, meanwhile, the uh, they're they're talking about how like the communication system has been restored, but the Frontier Dome won't open, and uh, York reveals that there's an encryption code on it on it and because her brain isn't synced to all of them she won't be able she won't give up the code so only she knows the code and she's not synced up to the brains of the other vegapunks so you know there's no way to really get it out of her um uh the i'm sorry 
um, this the uh, I forget her name, the vampire lady that uh, turns out to be also a clone. Um, oh, um, Stella. Oh no, not Stella. Um, right, that's why I thought her name was, but I feel like this doesn't make sense. Uh, Stussy. Stussy, you're right. Okay, there you go. Uh, Stussy, who is just like talking about how like they're completed, surrounded on all sides, and um, how much they're in trouble. So, uh, Vegapunk turns over to Nami and asks if the uh, asks about the log post situation. I imagine, and Nami explains how like the log post hasn't recorded the signal yet completely, but there is one needle that they can use to leave. Uh, you know, from that they got from Wano, and mm. she mentions that it's pointing northeast of here. And uh, Vegapunk explains, oh, that'd be Elbath then. And Luffy and Usopp are in the background. Like, <laughs> Elbath! Finally! So that's pretty sick. Yeah. Oda uh, did that for all of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for real. He's like, don't worry. Elbath is next. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Usopp and Luffy are celebrating about Elbath. Um, Luchi seems to be giving Stussy the, the side eye. And he's like, don't give me that look. Bombastic side eye. Bombastic side eye. Um, so Vegapunk explains that the ship is currently at the Labo phase, but the Navy ship are waiting along every bit of coastline. So we can't leave via the port. But what we can do is that we can pull up to the Vega Force One and fly out of here, you know, uh, because the ship is right by the Vega Force One. So we can just get on that giant robot, use the ship, use it to blast off and, uh, get far away from the Navy ships and then drop the ship into the water far away. Uh, Frankie also adds in that they can use the coop to burst and uh, you know, it basically allows them to fly one kilometer away from them. Uh, and Vega was like, Whoa, that ship can fly a whole kilometer. Let's do that. <laughs> and hmm. uh, Frankie's like, it flies on cola on cola. Uh, oh, he's impressing his, his hero. Yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. I love a good Frankie moment, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So they have to, they still need to deactivate the uh, frontier code. Um, and York still refuses to to give them the code. So all of the Vegapunks that are surviving right now are fucking hacking the code using their super, super cool genius. Um so, uh, Vegapunk commands Lilith to uh, go to the Vegapunk, Vega Force, uh, and I guess Luffy and Jewelry Bonnie also go with her. I guess Frankie and Zoro are with them as well. Um, and we cut back to the fleet where uh, Jay Garcia is. He's talking to uh, Kizaru right now. Um, so they're like, did you hear that, Borsalino? Because they just got the transmission from Rob Lucci. Uh, that's what he's been talking to himself about. He's just like relaying information to the fleet. I love how Kizaru's like, I did. He talked a big game like he was in control, but it seems like they're actually trapped inside. Um, yeah, he's not stupid. Yeah. So uh, Jay Garcia is like, the Frontier Dome is a laser defense system, right? And you are light. Can you get inside? And Kizaru's like, yeah, I can. But a good friend of quite mine... Quite frankly. Quite frankly, I can. Uh, but a good friend of mine is defending Vegapunk below it. And um, 
Jay Garcia is like, so leap over him. He's like, ah, that wouldn't be right. I mean, you know, it's not a very sporting thing to do when a man is making a principled stand like that. I'd prefer to play this by the book. Um, and he explains that you should know when we attack, it will mean countless sea beasts and weapons will be like the beasts that are under, um, Santamaro's command will start sinking ships in response. There's going to be a heavy cost to this. And, uh, Jay Garcia is like, well, I hate to do it, but it's gotta be done. Um, and uh, Kizaru says, like, Rob Lucci is a very capable agent. He's sent all the information that I wanted to know. So, yeah. you know, all of the um, all of the Marines get ready for battle before um, Kizaru heads off heads off into battle himself. Um, we see that Luffy, uh, Frankie, I don't know, I, oh, Bonnie and Lilith make it to the Sunny and the Vega Force One. And, uh, yeah, uh, Kizaru leaps into action using his sacred Yata mirror and he lasers himself into the, uh, the labo phase. No, this isn't the labo phase. Uh, the, the level below, I forget what it's called at this point, but, um, he pulls up, uh, Sentomaru gives the order to eliminate all hostiles and, uh, Kizaru attacks Sentomaru and, uh, the chapter ends with two final panels where Luffy senses that someone is here, someone strong. And, uh, oh. yeah, that was uh, one piece chapter 1090. Josh, what were your thoughts? <clears throat> this was a, uh, this was a, a, I feel like a lot happened in this chapter, but the all, all I could think of is the end. Um, I'm not going to hock up all the time talking about the possibility of Kizaru fighting against the Straw Hat and getting they licked back for what happened on Jabodi. <laughs> but um, I'm going to let y'all talk about that. Uh, I wanted to actually bring something up. So I think we can put to rest finally that it wasn't Jay Garcia nor Kizaru that was the shadowy figure taking out the canvas. Yeah, it seems that that's not the case. Okay. We all okay with this? We all feel all right about that? Yeah. It's okay to be wrong sometimes. Don't worry. That is okay to be wrong sometimes. But probably wasn't confirmed that it isn't him, though. It is definitely confirmed that it wasn't if you look at the time. Hey, I mean, you never know. They weren't there yet. Maybe he has like a shadow beast version of himself there. You know, if he has anything to do with time, maybe he went back in time and, and messed around. Sure, so maybe that's a possibility. But anything short of that, I, you know. Yeah, this is what One Piece needs, more time travel. Hmm. But, uh, yeah. What's you, Brian? What were your thoughts? Oh, you know, before you get into it, I just want to make a few more comments. Um, um, I've always thought, since I've seen all of the Admirals, before anything has even happened, so from the beginning to up until even right now, I've always thought that, uh, what's his, actual, what's his uh, last name, Barcelino? Yeah, Barcelino. Barcelino what? No, that's his, that's his like, actual name. Borsalino. Kizaru is his nickname. 
Kizaru. Okay, okay. Oh, it's, what does Kizaru mean? Uh, yellow monkey, I think. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, shit. Yeah, man. Aka, I've Aka always thought he was is, the most threatening. Yeah, Akainu like, is he, red he, dog. He, he's always been the most intimidating admiral, if you ask me. Um, even more so than Akainu. I still think that he's stronger than Akainu right now and just doesn't care to be in charge. Um, I'm really hoping we learn a lot about this admiral. And, you know, and he's more than just this antagonist. I hope, I hope there's something deep uh, to his backstory. All right, Brian, go ahead. So, uh, I'm going to get into my thoughts real quick. And then we have the streets have been talking about this chapter. Ooh. Oh. Um, <laughs> all right, all right. I'll wait. <laughs> So uh, basically, I really I like this chapter. It's not my RGC, but it was nice to see uh, to see the Straw Hats kind of, you know, doing their thing, causing so much fucking mayhem. Even though even though they're like in control of the situation, they're still so fucking hectic to to watch. Um, it's nice to see Robin because Robin didn't show up last chapter, so people were worried that she might have been in danger. Um, I really, I, I really enjoyed the part with Kizaru though, because this, I feel like was the first time we got a little hint of what his, uh, justice, like his version of justice is right. Because all the admirals have their own, like their own branded justice, um, that Oda kind of sets up for them. Um, and we don't know what we knew what everybody else's was, but we didn't know what Kizaru's is, is, and we still don't. Um, and I'm really curious to see what this means for him because it seems like he's not as you know cold as you would think. Um, because before he just seemed like he just didn't get, give a fuck about anything but uh it looks like he actually you know has like connections with people and actually um respects people a lot um so i just wonder like what is it what is his character really like i'm really curious this chapter definitely made him a lot more interesting to me than i once thought because he was I before he was just like really strong light man that doesn't give a fuck. But turns out there's a little bit more to him. Which obviously, you know, I was expecting, but it's nice to see him uh you know do his thing. And now it's time for my segment. Wait, I I wanna rebuttal real quick. Okay, go ahead. So as far as Kazaro goes, I think in that moment, you know, I don't I'm not surprised that he would think twice before setting shit off on his homie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's like, like I got a pass for that dude, so I'm not. You know, I, I, it's not like he's like, oh, I'm raring to go, and I don't give a fuck who it is I got to kill. But I still think like it means a lot that he he brought up to to Jay Garcia the to- the death toll of him of them kind of like moving, you know, proceeding quicker or whatever. Uh, yeah, and he. You know, he kind of brought it up more in a strategic sense. Like, hey, like you know that's what's going to be the case, right? And he said, yeah. I said, okay. 
You know, he didn't really offer much resistance. So, you know, it is ambiguous. It says a lot. I don't know, you know, morality is for sure in question, but but how it's in question matters to me. Like, is he's just always someone that's just followed orders because he's never really had a strong desire to actually, like, interfere in anything in the world and maybe something will change that. Maybe something happened to him in the past that makes him be more lethargic towards the actual, you know, plans of the government and their and what they do. You know, it. I just say all that to say I I agree, Brian. I think there's so much hidden death behind this character, and and I hope Oda gives it to us. <laughs> yeah, if I can make my own rebuttal as well, there's like uh, I think it's very fitting that Kizaru, if he were gonna, if he was gonna get like a little bit deeper backstory stuff, it would come in this arc because him and Sentomaru seemed to be synonymous with like the science division of the Navy. They were the ones who introduced mm. the pacifistas. And uh, I, I don't know how literal this is and how much Sentomaru really means it, but he does call Kizaru his uncle. So yeah, I think there is something to be said about how he's going to va- face his nephew. If that's the, at the very least the relationship they have where, they're, they're kind of like a family to each other. And they seem they both seem to have a very, uh, somewhat close relationship to Vegapunk, so... There might be some... We might actually get a bit of a... A little bit of a backstory in terms of Kizaru, which is great, because all of the Admirals are still kind of enigmas, in a sense. Like we don't really mm-hmm. know much about anybody who's ever held the title. That's including Aokiji. So... Uh, yeah, I I, I uh, mirrored that that sentiment with you guys, but Brian, you mentioned that the streets were talking. The streets yes. Were talking. All right. So there's actually a lot of talk on the streets about this chapter. A mm. lot of talk. Um. So before I get into the crazy stuff, I want to start with the discourse over Luffy's "Someone here's strong." Uh, moment because um a lot mm-hmm. of people are confused about Luffy's reaction um because Luffy doesn't really show fear like this <laughs> uh pe- people are like confused like is he scared of an admiral like is no he sc- what the what's I think the, he's just like, noticed that someone like some like the someone's hockey who's strong is on the island. I think he's more, I don't think he's scared. He is just like, holy shit. But I don't think he's scared. You know what I mean? When, when Fujitora was like on dress Rosa and he was like blocking their way, Luffy went out of his way to face an admiral because he knows that he's not going to be king of the pirates unless he beats them. So I don't think he's scared of Kizaru. I think he's just straight up noticing someone's strong is just suddenly just popped up on the radar since Kizaru just like moves at the speed of light. So it's like, Oh shit, someone strong is here all of a sudden. Instantly. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I I agree. I I agree a lot with what you're saying, Chris, but I, I will also go ahead and say that I do think, uh, it is actually sort of a, a a fear like response. If there can be one from Luffy, because he's usually not scared of anything except for like cartoonishly funny shit you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like with him and Usopp being scared of something i don't know I feel like that's happened but anyway you know i think there's something to say because 
the last time he had to run into Kizaru, if I remember correctly, he lost his entire crew. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you bring up about, you know, there being a history with Kizaru and Setsumaru being part of the science division. I mean, it's all coming together, like what happened on Shibodi. You know, all the same players are here. Shit, Kuma's there too. You know what I mean? That's true. He is so there this, well. this, you know, I just feel like it wouldn't, it, it's probably not the case that Luffy's like scared. It's probably more so like the, whoa, what the fuck? Because really, I was reminded this chapter that, oh yeah, Kizaru was such a big deal because of his fruit power. Like, I feel like we've gotten to a point where fruit powers are kind of just like, you know, whatever. It's all about have you awakened your power and and like do you what type of hockey do you use you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. we're straight up light power is fucking insane and the fact that he can move at the speed of light I th- right i think yeah i uh, yeah. right only in one direction sure but still like that's in- is he crazy a he's a logia right? he is a logia yes. absolutely it's so absolutely. nice to see a fucking logia type fruit you know because god man i'm so like i mentioned it before i'm so sick of zoans like <laughs> like i really want to see more paramecias and logias it's so cool to see them kind of back into the series again yeah um yeah what else are the, the streets saying but the streets aren't done talking man <laughs> oh all right so here's a little question let me know if you can answer it which Blackbeard pirates are unaccounted for? Oh, oh, the wrestler. No, Hesus no, Burgess was for. with uh, was with him at Law. He was in Island. He was with mm-hmm. Law. Uh, what do you mean yeah, he was with yeah, Law? He, like he was in the battle oh, with Law. Law and Blackbeard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the sniper guy was there. Okay. Katarina San Jose Wolf, San Juan Wolf. Uh, not Katarina. Katarina's not there. But um, sure you was there. Yeah, uh, Avalo Pizarro, uh, Shiryu, uh, San Juan Wolf. Um, those three are on Blackbeard's Island on Full of Lead. Uh huh. So it's like three people there. There's uh, Doc Q, Blackbeard, Jesus Burgess. Uh. They're with Law. So that uh-huh. leaves what? Katarina and Lafitte? Mm-hmm. So they're probably going to Interesting, interesting that you bring up Katarina Devon. Interesting that you say that because there is a possibility that she is on Egghead right now. That and we've probably already <laughs> seen her. The theories have run rampant. Oh, because of well, because of Luchi looking at her. N- no, because no, is a she can transform into other people. Right, and Luchi was like, "Is she?" Because she said, "Well, uh, don't look at me like that. It's not like that." No, Stussy, that Stussy is a is an is like a cyborg created by Vegapunk. Right, but so no, the theory okay. is that. Katerina Devon is posing as Bonnie. Hmm. And you oh, want to because... know why they say that? Why? Turn, turn to page 12. 
the bottom right two panels. Ah, uh, when Luffy acts out, you seem more cheery. Yeah. And you don't want to kill... Well, can I explain why I think that was the case? Sure, go ahead. She had that moment where she bonded with Kuma and learned a lot about his history. We didn't see it yet. We didn't see the sc- the whole thing yet. Uh-huh. So I, I think she's came to an understanding and knows that Vegapunk isn't the enemy. Also, I don't know how easily Katarina would have gotten past the Labo phase, the laser defense system. Like if that I was mean, if if Katarina is is uh, Bonnie, then she would have had to have been Bonnie the entire time. No, I don't think so because the Blackbeard pirate ship was shown showing uh, arriving at Egghead. Uh huh. Was so, it? Yeah. Yeah. It was they, really? Yeah, there was, was a Blackbeard pirate flag. It was a really small panel, but yes, they they the there was a Blackbeard ship arriving at Egghead. There is a Holy chance that shit. she could have transformed into somebody that could get past those defenses. Yeah, but Bonnie can't get past him. She was only up there because Vegapunk allowed her to come up there with Luffy. Yeah, so maybe she posed as Bonnie to get in and then took out the real Bonnie. Well, Bonnie was with them since, like, no, they but ascended she on Egghead. when she went to, to the Kuma thing. Yeah, but then, like, what was Bonnie, what was Katarina doing with Kuma's thing? She were, probably we, was, she probably just, like, went through there and then met, stumbled upon Bonnie there and took advantage of her while she was in a very emotional state and uh, knocked her out or something or captured her and then went to be a mole for the straw, uh, in the straw hats. I didn't care about that one, fam. A little bit of a stretch, in my opinion. Hey, I mean, that's the streets. I mean, Lafitte could also... I think Lafitte is more likely to be here because Lafitte can get through anything. Like, he snuck into Mary Joie, like, without getting noticed as well. So I think if there's anybody who can get past all of uh, Egghead's defenses... I'm going to go look that up. uh, Raising an alarm at him. Lafitte has the ability to... Well, he seems to be able to sneak around and get onto things, but I think like they they are like they have made it a big deal that like nobody can get in or out once the Labo face shield is up. Yeah, but Lafitte can get past it. No, oh, Lafitte, the guy that looks like a mine. Lafitte yeah. is different, I'm telling you. He is different. If he could get yeah. into Mary Joie and get past literally everybody without anybody noticing, I'd say that man... Oh, he's the navigator of the Blackbeard Pirates. That's pretty sick. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd say if he can get past... If he can get into Mary Joie without getting noticed, he can get into Egghead without getting noticed. I don't know about that, fam. Especially since the Blackbeard Pirates didn't pull up until the commotion was well underway. I'm pretty sure Lafitte snuck up on the fucking elders on the Gorosei. You're going to tell me he can't sneak into Egghead? I think so, bro. (laughs) He snuck up on the Gorosei. Okay. Everybody can do that. (laughs) 
It's, no, it's, they can't. No, you want to know why? Because they never showed that happening ever again for the rest of the series. Man, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. They convinced. never showed anybody having that kind of like that feat of stealth and uh, ever again. I'm more than welcome to be wrong, but I don't know about that one, fam. I don't know. Those are the, the only timeline two doesn't match up with who me. could be at Egghead right now for the Blackbeard Pirates. No, I think that's true. I but I don't know if they're on Egghead or at least in the Labo phase by now. I feel like they're going to be waiting for the Straw Hats once they leave Egghead. I think they're just like waiting outside right now. <laughs> like the Marines are. Maybe, but the streets say otherwise. Well, the streets are wrong a lot. <laughs> so, take that, streets. Well, that's the end of the streets are talking. The streets have stopped talking. Now. This has been the streets are talking with Brian Espinel. <laughs> uh, all right, I guess I'll get into my quick thoughts. I don't know. Uh, I thought this was a lot of fun to see, um, you know, how they all... Because last we left the Straw Hats, they were actually kind of in trouble. Like, Shaka had literally just died. And York was revealed to be the villain. They seemed to have, like, caught up with her lickety-split. So, that yeah, was kind of funny. Shaka's dead. That's really sad. It's very sad. One of the guys from Daft Punk. That's what he was designed after. But, um, yeah, this was all cool to see. I don't know if... I. I want to give it my really good chapter of the week, but uh, my heart, I guess, is beckoning to another. So, close but no cigar on One Piece, but very good chapter overall. Um, I'm excited to uh, find out what happens next in two weeks, Oda. <laughs> I know we just went on a whole spiel about how artists should take care of themselves, but not you, Oda. <laughs> well, the people who listen to this podcast episode don't know about it. Watch the flashback episode, guys. Yeah, watch the flashback episode. No, the context to what Christian just said. Yeah, I'm going to have to rename a bunch of episodes now, I guess. Um, but yeah, One Piece was great. We, uh, we, I, I guess we've uh, run the gambit on that. You guys ready to move on? Any final thoughts? Yes. All right, let's move on. My Hero Academia. Oh, by the way, Lafitte has like mind control powers. Does he hypnotize people? Wait, does he really? So he's yep. Django? He's not Django. He's Django. No, Django is Django. No, Django, they're the same person. They're not the same person. I don't know the reference. Django. You don't remember Django? Django is one of Captain Kuro's men, the Michael Jackson looking one that joined the, the, the Navy. Oh, now you remember Captain Kuro, huh? I do. I never said I forgot. You guys put that on me. Sure seems like you forgot about him. Uh, I didn't forget about him. It just wasn't a cover story. So, What do you want from me, Brian? I remember more about One Piece than you do. (laughs) (laughs) This is a competition. We will all I'll do a competition. Yeah, well, it's Captain Kuro's birthday then, Chris, huh? I don't. Well, I don't know his birthdays. I don't memorize that much. But don't tempt me. I'll I'll fucking make an effort. November seventh. I'll make an effort to memorize everybody's birthday. I'm kidding. I don't know his birthday. Hmm. Anyway, 
So this is My Hero Academia chapter 397, Trash Cleanup. Um, it's seven pages long. It is exactly, yes, it is eight pages long, actually, Josh. So, you know, get it right, bro. Um, Actually, I've, I've seen six, but okay. I'm seeing eight right now. Seven. I'm seeing eight. You count that blank. Anyway, whatever. No, it doesn't count the blank page. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, it's just seven, man. It says eight here. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this is My Hero Academia, Chapter 397. Uh, last we left off, All Might and All for One started their epic battle. All Might's in a cool mech suit. And, um, yeah, he's uh, he's putting up a bit of a fight. You know, he's tempted uh, All for One into a battle because All for One just can't help himself because he's got to take down All, All Might. Uh, and we open up this chapter with All Might yelling about how this feels wrong. Here I am at the past of the age of 50, beating the tar out of a helpless lad. Um, yeah, I, I actually really like that line. I thought he was going to say something else. Like, like I feel so bad how easy this is. But <laughs> that was basically him saying it in another way. Yeah. Uh. But anyway, he's he's fighting all for one, uh, and he's talking about how like you far you harbor such rage in you that hungers for one for all. That's what I'm exploiting, and it's the reason it's the only reason this fight is even possible because you're such a thirst bucket all for one. Um, so yeah, he's uh he all my strategy is to keep him into this obsessive delirium. So you won't even be able to tear your eyes from me. So, you know, all for, but that all for one uses uh, an assortment of quirks, Springify, Brawn Boost, Air Cannon, Rivet Stab, and Dark Ball, and Impure Beam to all fire oh, again. Yeah, to just fire against all, all Might all at once. Uh, all Might gets knocked through several buildings. Um, and it turns out that he was able to survive it because he has uh, Auto Guard Dark Shadow uh, quirk thing uh, in his mech suit, which was kind of cool. Um, but the cape has been destroyed, and um, it's uh, he's, he's running out of shields, I imagine. Um, All for one floats over to him, and he's like, this allows you to fight? You're sorely mistaken. You pathetic, washed-up piece of garbage. And I'm like, god damn. Mm -hmm. He said, you're wearing this trash bag and have lost off perspective? Well, he said, your gadgets are gone and once I break them, because those toys can't be go beyond their limits. Um, but All Might is like, great minds think, al think alike, pal of mine. Um, and we get this page that's like a flashback of, um, of uh, Nana Shimura looking over to uh, All Might in his youth, saying, really, kid? What's that pipe going to... Was that pipe going to lead you to victory? And, um, yeah, the, the chapter ends with, uh, All Might lunging towards All, All for One and punching him with his metal arm, but it doesn't seem to work. Um, and he's like, no, obviously I 
I didn't fall for your cheap ploy to stall me. I can easily spare the time to clean up trash by the roadside. And he, I guess, blasts off All Might. And the chapter ends with uh, All Might being like, desperate to play, play cool, huh? How undignified. Uh, and that's it. It kind of ends seemingly in the middle of a chapter. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Josh, what did you think about My Hero Academia chapter 397? Well, I thought it was pretty short. <laughs> um, it's a astute observation. You know, one of his moves is called Impure Beam. And there's a part of me that wishes that he would just maybe use that move by itself a few times. That could have easily made this the RGC of the week for me, but um, unfortunately, he had to mix it because he was being the ultimate thirst. Yeah, he can't help um, All of that just to not even kill this guy. Like, you're getting beat by Iron Man, bro. For real. A fucking Gundam. But anyway, um, as short as this chapter was, there was some really nice pages. But he says that he was washed up and pathetic. The way he looked down on him with all his tendrils pointing out. Yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah, it says eight for you. That's that's wild. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> Weird. Um, maybe if I hold my phone sideways. I'm talking about the page count in that debate. Yeah, it says eight pages. When I turn it sideways, too, that's crazy. Well, anyway, yeah, like when he's looking down on him, kind of like a cat looks down on you, yeah. and um. You know that that shot. <laughs> looking up at um at the previous one for all on the cool stuff. Anyway, how'd you like the shot, Brian? It was pretty cool. The art was fucking. What was fucking? The art was fucking. Um, right. It was nice to see All Might talking shit for once in this uh, scenario, like. All uh, one for all has been fucking sitting down, talking so much shit like it was a fucking MW two lobby. It was so uh, he was talking so much shit, and now he's the one who's getting bullied by All Might, which is a really nice reversal on the the whole on their relationship. Because uh, usually it's a it's one for all who's trying to get in people's heads, but this time around he's, I guess with, um, you know, like the time, time being of the essence for him he's kind of running out of time, but also he's, you know, a little pissed off that all might is even trying to fight him right now. So there's a lot of factors that are allowing him to be kind of emotionally volatile and, able to be um like uh what's the word um he's like really susceptible to being um you know shit talked so it's really cool to see all might kind of employing um uh his own set of skills outside of his quirk to kind of you know get under his skin because if there's anybody who can get under one for all skin, it's All Might because they've been at it for so long. Um, and he's the only one who's ever, you know, stood a chance against him in his prime. 
So this is this was a pretty pretty sweet chapter. It was short but sweet, I'd say. It was a pretty 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 decent chapter. But that's all. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I agree with you, Brian. I think like that's the biggest swerve out of this chapter is that All Might for once is just have is like playing the mind games that All for One usually plays. Um which is a a fun read. I'm wondering if this is the point where we're going to start to get into All Might's actual origin story because we still haven't gotten that. So I'm wondering if they're waiting, if they're going to use this moment as an opening to kind of get into it. Just for him to die immediately after. Yeah, for him to die immediately after, yeah. (laughs) We don't need you anymore, All Might, now that we know everything about you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, now you are fodder. Now you may go. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, fun chapter. It it really wasn't a whole lot to go on. It feels like half a chapter that just wasn't finished, I guess, which, you know, no shade at all. It'd be that way sometimes. Um, but yeah, uh, I think all has been said about it. I didn't dislike it at all, but it was, uh, it was good. I wish it was longer. That was my only thing. Uh, but yeah, are we good uh, to move on then? That was my hero academia. Oh, one one more thing. Oh yeah, I think when All Might dies and his vestige goes into Deku, I think uh he's gonna be like the Jarvis of uh All for One. I mean, one for all. Mm. Yeah, that's what that's what I think. Like he he doesn't bring like a power. He just like he's like an AI inside inside of Deku's brain. He's like you're running low on energy, Deku. <laughs> uh yeah i feel like he's got eight of those already you know like i think all of the all for one users are kind of like that yeah no but his superpower is that he's the best at it because he's motivational Mm -hmm. his quirk is jarvis yeah he's like he's like a built-in david goggins who's that motivational speaker oh Oh, yeah. Right. Hell yeah. Um, ready to move on, boys? Yep. Then let's go. Jujutsu Kaisen. This is Jujutsu Kaisen Chapter 232, Inhuman Makyo Shinjuku Showdown Part 10. Um, last we left off with Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, Gojo is still going up against Sukuna. Uh, and he is now staving off the adaption that comes with the Maharaga summon that allows any user to kind of adapt to any curse technique after a certain amount of time. Uh, it was revealed that at the end of the last chapter that there will be four more spins of the wheel to go before Gojo or before uh, Maharaga has fully adapted to uh, Gojo's technique. And uh, Gojo's just trying to finish it off before then. So we're starting off with that. Um, the chapter starts with, it seems that Gojo has uh, delivered a blow onto Sukuna. Uh, the wheel turns, uh, implying a second spin. So there's two more spins to go. Uh, but Gojo doesn't look all that worried about it. He keeps using his technique to try to uh, catch Sukuna slipping. But Sukuna is able to dodge a bunch of times um and but 
eventually he does get caught by Gojo, causing the spin to uh, the wheel to spin a third time. So there's only one time left until um, the wheel spins and Maharaga is fully adapted. Um, Itadori asks, "What is time? What's necessary for adapting or experience?" Um, and they're asking whether you know does he adapt by taking time to analyze an attack after getting hit once, or does he adapt after getting hit by the same attack multiple times? So they don't really know, but all they can say is that both are possible. Um, Gojo back to the fight. Gojo is just like, I got a pilot on now. Then he'll think I'm only going to use Azure. The timing will stop him from adapting to this. So he uses, uh, cursed uh, technique reversal uh red and uh, that's when the wheel turns black which implies that i think it's gonna it's not gonna adapt in this turn so that sukuna can use his i guess amplification um so sukuna uses his own curse technique to like kind of shield himself from the damage of red um so you know he he doesn't need to fully neutralize it but he was able to you know, stave off a lot of the damage. Um, so it's funny because like Sukuna then goes like, you're, you're sloppy. Are you panicking? Cause I saw through you and Gojo's like, actually red hasn't exploded yet. And then blam behind Sukuna, the uh, red technique uh, explodes behind him uh, saying that he, and Sukuna realizes that he used the structure of the building to have Red swing around before striking him. Um, and Sukuna takes this opportunity to get in close and use a black flash on Sukuna, which seems to knock him the fuck out. Uh, and the wheel falls down to the ground, but then it turns one more time. And uh, the shadow of Maharaga arrives, grabs Gojo, and seems to cut him uh, in the shoulder. And uh, I guess now the battle is going to shift to Gojo versus Maharaga. Shit, it's crazy. But that's where the chapter ends, by the oh, way. Oh, unfair. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, but Josh, what did you think about Jujutsu Kaisen chapter 232? <laughs> Josh. Josh. You must have stepped away or something. Uh, Brian, what did you think? So... Um, this was my RGC. Oh, same. Honestly, it was also mine. Um, I don't know if Josh is back yet, but I'll, I'll withhold the RGC till he gets back. So I really thought it was interesting the way he used, uh, his red there. I didn't know you could, he could even use it like that. Um, but I, what I really love is that black flash was used in this chapter because it has been so long since black flash was used in this series. Um, and I almost completely forgot about it. I didn't, I completely forgot that, um, someone like Gojo could be capable of it. Um, what's the multiplier on, on, black flash like do you know is it like 10 times stronger uh, like that attack is 10 times stronger or something oh man i don't remember the exact it's 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 just like a super duper strong punch that not many people can do especially multiple times in a row 
but it's a it's it's a tough one out there. Let me see. So, like, I I bet you like so, uh, Yuji's Black Flash is pretty strong, right? But I'm pretty sure Gojo's Black Flash would be like twenty times, like not even twenty times, like a hundred times stronger than Yuji's Black Flash. Black Flash, just because of like what it, who's punching, you know, like Gojo's punches are no joke. Um, they do a lot of fucking damage, and if a Black Flash is applied to them, I think we underestimate just how much fucking damage that could do to somebody. Like Sukuna is out for a reason. That Black Flash is unlike any Black Flash we've seen in the series so far. Like that's. A next level attack that will take down anybody um and if he were to hit sakuna with that maybe at the beginning of this fight this would be completely a completely different fight <laughs> like it is i'm pretty sure that has a lot more impact than um this chapter leads on and i think that's like i like the way it was executed but i feel like it could have been like a little more flair to it um but either way this was a pretty fucking sick chapter i at the end of every chapter i find myself sitting here like how the fuck is gojo gonna do this and he somehow finds a way to get a, to to keep the fight fair and stuff but i genuinely well depending on what maharaga adapted to he might have a chance, but I, <laughs> I just, I just don't know how he gets through this if Maharaga completely adapted to his shit. Like, again, you know, we just kind of got to sit here and hope that he has something new in his arsenal that he could, uh, that he could pop out to finish off Maharaga in one blow. But I just don't see this ending well for Gojo at all. And it's really sad. Um, because I'm pretty sure once he's done with Maharaga, fucking Sukuna's going to wake up and, like, stab him in the back or some shit. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But just as a reminder, Black Flash is a, is a, is a distortion of space that occurs when cursed energy is applied within 0.000001 seconds of a physical hit. When a sorcerer is able to achieve this, their cursed energy flashes back and the destructive power of their strike is equal to the is equal to a normal hit to the power of 2.5. So it is however strong you are time to the to 2.5 power. So I guess it does depend on the person's initial strength. So it depends on how strong they, Gojo is yeah. just as a person. Yeah, they mentioned, remember they had that conversation when they were like, has anybody ever gotten hit by Gojo, like, at his strongest? Yeah. No, Go. I'm I'm just, I know that Gojo will probably be able to pull it off at a higher level. Um, but there's also a different, there's also another factor to it um, where they say that, um, uh, let me see, regardless of how you got it the first time, because the hard part of Black flash is being able to use it in the first place because not even gojo oh, wow. can use it easily so regardless of how you got it right the first time whether it was skills or simply luck causes the user to enter a state where manipulating your cursed energy becomes something as simple and natural as breathing 
generating a feeling of omnipotence as if everything revolves around you. This leads to a greatly increased performance out, uh, in combat, allowing the user to operate at 120% of their maximum potential. So it's not just what Black Flash does in the offset here, but after you use it, you receive like some kind of crazy fucking power up. Oh, so now Gojo is like juiced up for Maharaga? Is that yeah. what's happening? Oh, that's such good timing. Yeah. But I think that's why he wasn't really worried because his plan was to use Black Flash so that he could get the power boost from Black Flash to take on Maharaga while also taking out Sukuna for at least so does a, that mean, a bit of time. Does that mean he can activate his uh, domain again or no? We'll have to see. I actually don't know. Because it's about. I did not it, know that Black Flash gave you a boost. Oh, yeah. I thought it was just like a hit thing. Yeah, it's a hit thing, but it also, like, you're in the zone, basically, because so much of Black Flash is, um, is dependent on, like, chance, because nobody does it at will. Like, not even Gojo can do it just because. You have to just, like, let it rip and hope it works. So, all right. So, if you do multiple Black Flashes, that gives you multiple boosts? It could be. Uh, I think that that's the logic there. So, that really just makes what Nanami did, like, just that much more impressive. Yeah, I mean, even Itadori, because Itadori was able to do it a couple times in one day. Didn't Nanami do it, like, four times in a row? Like he has, he has the record for the most black flashes, right? No, he just has, he, he has a personal record that he remembers. Like the amount that he was able to do in a day was like four, but it's not like an overall record. Oh, and I want to double check that record. I remember that one. Four. Nanami has mentioned that his personal record is four. He had, yeah, four consecutive uh, black flashes. Yeah. And that's sick. I mean, I completely forgot about this. Yeah, it's good I, to reread Jujutsu. <laughs> it's good to reread Jujutsu or, or watch it if you're watching it. But because there's a lot of data you got to. It was so sick anything. to see Gojo do it, too. It was so fucking awesome. Yeah, I think it was the first time we've really seen Gojo do it. Yeah, he hasn't really needed to. Yeah. Uh for the most part, he's he was strong enough without it to really need it. Yeah. Um Josh, are you back? He is not back. <laughs> um So what are your thoughts? I yeah, I mean obviously. I love this chapter also. This is also my really good chapter of the week. Uh So Yeah. There was a lot of cool action. Uh, I, I love how even though Gojo has had like the tables turned on him a couple times, he keeps like a cool head and it's always interesting. I'm I'm really hoping he does not lose. <laughs> you know, he doesn't have to win and be involved in the last battle. But I would I think it I think it would be just so cool if he just won. And so different, you know, because nobody ever does that kind of thing. Yeah. Where the, where the sensei actually wins. Wins fight. and survives to the end. It'd be nice. I think I, I said it like 
uh last episode or last uh last pod um that i think it's plausible that gojo like alive or dead it's possible for him to not be around for the last fight uh whether he dies or lives just because of how much this fight alone is going to take out of him um so regardless uh gojo could take a backseat uh live or die but it would be awesome to have him survive and kind of like cement himself as the strongest Mm -hmm. um plus it's just a really cool fucking storyline i just fucking love the way gojo is presented in his story and it's really unique for a shonen manga to you know have a character be this powerful and um have this much stay like presence you know like aside from like uh just somebody who's supposed to teach the students you know like kakashi wasn't like this um and i really appreciate gege kind of you know spicing it up and making things you know feel fresh um in a pretty like trope heavy kind of genre of entertainment um but that doesn't that's not to say that you know the tropes aren't enjoyable it's just nice to see a different take on things so him surviving would be like pretty uh would be pretty a pretty sick change to to how things are normally handled yeah would you say it would be uh pretty pog champ it would be pretty pog champ i gotta say <laughs> very poggers quite poggers all right hell Has yeah josh returned from the i don't void. know where josh went <laughs> <laughs> i don't know where he went well I hope I guess we'll get his uh, thoughts when we come back when he comes back. But for now, I'm gonna give us a really good chapter of the week drop. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Fantabulous chapter all around. Uh, what was the audience? Well, the audience has not been revealed yet. Oh. Yeah, we got a we got a lot more to cover, so I guess we should move onward. On. Oh, Josh. I heard something. I did hear something. I heard something rustling about. Joshua Cole. What the hell is going on? <laughs> That's just a theory. A game theory. Oh. oh, He's gone. Well, anyway. Chainsaw Man? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. Ah. Uh. Josh? Yes. Yo! Hey! You missed all of Jujutsu Kaisen. <laughs> yeah, I sure fucking did, guys. You want to give your thoughts? Kaisen, um, oh my god, did y'all talk about how you guys almost thought he fucking died at the end? Uh, Who, that's not what I said. Sakuna? Sakuna <laughs> or Gojo? 
Huh? Sukuna or Gojo? Uh, Gojo. Oh, when he got okay. slashed by Maharaga? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, all right, I don't think he's going to die uh, next week, but I do think that it is inevitable at this fucking point. Um, th- there's no way. Like, he's we've been learning too much about Gojo and his abilities and shit. Like, he's been... He's being tested far too much for him to be this mysterious, cool sensei guy after this. That's like a thought I had, like, at, like you know, the deeper I started getting into this chapter and then Maharaga coming out. Like I said, I don't think this is like the killing blowing up them like that, but I don't, I don't think it's like a game anymore or like, I don't think that it's, you know, oh, haha, you're going to, you know, Gojo's going to get smoked. No, this is it. That's how I feel. And this was my favorite chapter of the week. Oh, Yo, so it's a unified. unified. This is actually a unified really good chapter of the week. Yes. Unified RGC. Unified RGC. Unified Hell yeah. Ah, uh, yes. I'm glad you guys feel the same. We agree. But, um... Oh, I also thought it was super fucking cool that he used Black Flash. I feel like I haven't seen that move in over a year. Yeah. yeah. It's been longer. It's been longer since we've seen Black Flash. Is Itadori the main character anymore? (laughs) Uh, Kind of. Well, kind of. I would say so. The series has always been like a... Like a share between... Megumi, Gojo, and Yuji. Mm. So I'd say, yeah, he still is. It's um, it's like a more tame version of Hunter Hunter, where like other characters are able to take the spotlight for a while. Sometimes. That's fair. I guess. I don't know. Just seeing him use Black Flash made me remember, like, oh yeah, remember Itadori was growing and, and getting stronger and all of that and <laughs> then it didn't matter anymore well black flash not a lot of people everybody in the series could use it in theory but it nobody uses it because it's very undepend it's like not a dependable attack because mm. it's very hard to pull off in one go wow well i mean i thought it was cool so, it is cool but- I thought you were cool. Unfortunately, I also think you're cool. I thought you were cool as hell. But anyway, are we good to move on then? Yes, sir. Yes. All righty, let's go for real this time. And give me a picnic to cure me so I can't chat. Chainsaw Man. Oh, yeah. This is Chainsaw Man, chapter 139 A Chair's Feelings. Um, last we left off, we haven't talked about Chainsaw Man in a minute, but last we left off with Chainsaw Man, uh, Denji was, uh, was met face to face with the sword devil or the katana devil. Um, so he says, so he says he is, uh, the reincarnation of the sword devil, uh, who has approached him and is like, when you fought Makima, there was a pretty strong sword wielder that should have been there. That was, yeah, that's right. That was me. Denji's like, oh, well, nope. 
Long story, but I'm not the one who fought that battle. Did not. <laughs> he's like, what? You're not? And then he just like leaves. He's like, sorry, I got to go to school. <laughs> and then we cut to him in school. And it turns out that uh, the sword guy is now here. He's a new student. And he introduces himself as Miri Sugo. His hobbies are running and playing the piano. Denji is pissed <laughs> that he is there. Um, and now all the girls like him. And he's like, one more thing. I'm not here to make friends. So don't talk to me, you pieces of trash. And then cut to, he is immediately surrounded by all the girls. Uh, one of them who is giving him a massage. And uh, <laughs> Denji is pissed. He's like Dude, the author of this series. He's a funny guy. Yeah, he, he. I've never seen a more twisted and anger person in my entire life than Denji, being jealous of this dude. Um. Meanwhile, they cut over to the roof, which I guess during lunchtime, and Denji is actively being a chair for his public safety retainer. Um. <laughs> He's like, what do you want from me, dude? Spit it out already. And um, she, the lady introduces herself as a public safety dog. He's like, you're with public safety? Are you serious? Well, whatever. I'm here as a Chainsaw Man church messenger. And he says, the weapons walk with the Chainsaw Man church. Join us, Denji. He's like, what? The weapons? And he's like, it's people yeah. like you who can turn into devils. You know? And he said, most of the church church's top brass are weapons. They're promising you a pretty high position if you join. And uh, the public safety girl's like, wait, wait, wait. It's the Chainsaw Man church. He's got to be the leader. Very good point. Yes. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> a good position. And he's like, yeah, what she said. And, and sword, sword guy is like, it's a pretty good offer. You only need to pitch in a little bit with jobs and they give you whatever you want and they let you do whatever you want. You could even turn down jobs sometimes. And you can spend the money as much as you want to. I go to the arcade and eat steak every day. And then he's like, steak every day? Uh, public safety girl is like, wouldn't you get tired of steak if you ate it every day? I'd go with sushi. I could never get rid of sushi. <laughs> and um, Denji is like, well, I'd never get tired of Chinese food, even if I ate it for every meal. And sword guy is getting annoyed. He's like, the food's not the point. Where are you, kids? <laughs> yeah they yeah are. actually they are they're, they're literally in school and he's like I didn't take this job to chit chat about infantile crap um, and he's like you should understand and he talks about how he was he spent his entire life being used by like a tool by worthless bastards and he heard it was the same for you and uh, Denji is like damn he's right and he's like that says bingo right am I right and uh, Denji goes bingo He's like, I'm not about to worship you, but I am grateful to you with every passing day. He said, in the Chainsaw Man church, I am truly free. And he's like, I ought to use my brain and my body for myself, so join me in the Chainsaw Man church. I'll protect you from public safety and that sushi woman. <laughs> sushi woman. <laughs> and Denji doesn't say anything. Um, but the the sushi woman actually speaks up. It's like, you transferred schools to give senpai a recruitment pitch? Wait. Are you sure you're not being taken advantage of again? He's like, no. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm free and doing this of my own will. And Chainsaw Man, of all people, being a chair just doesn't sit right to me. And Denji is just like, butts feel good. Chairs are like content in their own way, you know? 
He's like, yeah, maybe I can't eat steak every day, but I do eat pot stickers and ice cream and other tasty foods. I'm happy with my normal life. And plus, normal life was my dream. I'm not joining the Chainsaw Man church. And uh, then Sword Guy walks away. He's like, forget it. Let's get one thing straight. I didn't transfer here to recruit you. I wanted to be your friend because you're the one who killed Makima and freed me. And as he walks through the door, he says, too bad. If you came with me, you, you could sleep with all the women you want. And Denji's face is like, oh, <laughs> it's the fu- this is the next the next two pages are some of the funniest things that have happened so far in this series. The door closes. He's going the sword guy is going down the stairs and Denji's already there. He's, oh, my God. He like, said, what the did you just teleport here? He said, I given I've given what you said a lot of thought. A whether, lot? He said, so he said about whether I've been somebody's tool. I mean, you're damn right I was a tool, Chainsaw Man Church. Sign me up. And that's with the chapter. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, it's so easy to manipulate this guy. Incredibly easy. Um, it, Josh, uh, what did you think about this chapter? <laughs> Denji is the thirst devil. He is the devil of thirst, the <laughs> lord of the lord of. I just I ran out of terms to use at this point. You know? Yeah. He, he's too fucking easy. And yet again, I have no clue where the series is going. Um, you know what? I'm gonna say this. I was really excited to hear that not only is the sword guy, but a lot of those other weapon people are back and alive, which means that there's quite certainly another character that's back. Reze? Uh, yep, the bomb lady. The prospect of that alone um, could make the series the best thing that was ever written and drawn on the planet. So I'm, I'm pretty hopeful for that. Uh, And yeah, I don't know. As far as comedy goes, the series unmatched. Yeah. Like One Punch Man, almost. Was that all your thoughts? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, that's all my thoughts. <laughs> Brian, what did you think? I fucking, I laughed. I, it's not often that I audibly laugh while um, reading manga. But I, that last page actually got me, bro. <laughs> I, was, I was honestly, I honestly had a fucking audible laugh to that. That was so fucking funny to me. <laughs> yeah. And she's such a fucking idiot. So much <laughs> it hurts. Like, it was his, it was his shocked, it was his shocked fucking expression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before the door closed, and then him appearing outside of the fucking <laughs> inside oh, the room. That shit got me fucking so bad. I wonder if that's gonna matter, like in lore, like that. Well, technically, he's moved that fast. Like, like if it was death battle, they'd probably use that as a feat. So my theory is that this is the second chainsaw man. <laughs> 
This is the second. This is a second Denji. <laughs> Remember, because no way. Because they, I mean, we still haven't figured out about the 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 chainsaw man that killed uh, what's her face. I think they revealed fake saw man and who he is exactly. But did they? Well, if they did, it's not this guy because this guy is Sword Devil. No, I'm talking about the second, like the the Denji through the door. You, I, I, th- I'm obviously memeing and shit, but it's really funny. <laughs> it would be really funny if, like, the fake the 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 fake Chainsaw Man was just Denji, but cloned because, you know, his body had to make like his heart had to make a new body. <laughs> so it's just yeah. it's just like Denji. he ripped his heart out and threw it. Yeah, oh, he yeah. Yeah, he's just another Denji out there who's just mind linked with him. But man, that's it is so funny because not only that he not only did he appear, but he just looks so fucking serious. Right, that's his demeanor. <laughs> this is yeah. very typical shonen character who just who had like a flashback chapter and is now joining the team. Yeah, he's he's realized the decision to is now to do this. He's so fucking stupid, but yeah, that's that's all I got. This is yeah, this, this series is a treasure, for real. Um, I uh, I recently finished uh Q and I'm now moved on to Chainsaw Man again. Uh, uh-huh. This is my second read through through Chainsaw Man, and it, one of the funniest things. And I had watched the anime already. Like I watched the first season, but one of the funniest things that I forgot about this is that it really is familiar with the point uh, where Power says that he would, uh, she would allow Denji to touch her boobs if she saved her his her cat. And how he was like in the very beginning, he was like, "Man, I don't get it with cats, but I guess I'd save it if it was a dog." But fucking cats, I wouldn't even waste my time. And then she posits that, and then he's like. That bastard, he stole a cat. Hmm. I will get we we gotta get your cat back. Straight away he switches immediately on the spot. Yeah, I love that that hasn't really changed about Denji. Even though he is trying to be different, there's little like instincts about him that will never change. And uh I, I thought it was really funny. Um I can't wait to see how Denji will definitely not get laid after this one. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I feel like these situations, these situations appear with him like a billion times where someone promises him like getting laid and then it just never works out for whatever reason. So I'm very excited to see how it fails this time. But yeah, I, I like that the escalation also the thematic escalation of Denji, like the first part of Chainsaw Man was all about him just doing what he had to do to just like achieve a regular life. And now he's realizing that like a regular life is like not enough for him, you know, that maybe he has the capacity to dream for more. And now he's Mm -hmm. battling with like his, you know, his own like gratitude in a sense where like, shouldn't I be happy to just be at this level considering where I was? And, you know, there's a lot like of uh, turmoil within him because, you know, he he feels like he shouldn't really want more, especially since like yeah. him wanting more leads to 
the possible death or harm of people that he cares about. So, um, yeah, it is interesting to see how this goes. And I don't know where he's going to end up. But really, like, Chainsaw Man is a story about self-respect, in a sense. In a sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about gaining respect for yourself and for the ability to want more for your life. But I don't know. I'm very interested to see where this goes. Um, but I'll, I'm very much enjoying the ride here. I laugh at Chainsaw Man a lot just because the way he panels stuff and the way he writes his dialogue is just so real, you know, in a sense. It feels, yeah. very, we've said it, this feels cinematic before, but I can, I read it like I'm like watching the anime already, you know? Mm-hmm. It just feels like it's a moving thing. So. Yeah, cinemat- c- cinematic comedy do manga. Yeah. Yeah, defo. But that's all I gotta say about uh, Chainsaw Man. Same. Uh, very good chapter, though. I, I, I love, I love Chainsaw Man. You know this all. We love Chainsaw Man here. Uh, so let's move on. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's go. Yes, sir. We're getting the story out there. We need a plan. Boruto. Okay, Boruto. Did you did you forget? No, I did. I actually read it this morning, but um, I, I didn't think we'd be covering it. Yeah. Well, we are. <laughs> oh, guess what's the first thing we see? Legs. Legs. Literally the first. <laughs> Whoa. Was that a drop? What? Legs? No, that was me saying yeah. it. The way you said it sounded like a drop. That's fine. Oh, yeah. I'm, I have a very droppable voice. Um, but yeah. This is us. We we do open this chapter with uh, Serata's sixteen year old legs. Not fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he she she appears uh, in a new fit, mind you, outside of the Hokage office. We get a big two page spread, uh, with the uh, title of the second part of Boruto being Boruto Two Blue Vortex Edge. Super fucking duper edge, bro. Let me get this guitar going. I cannot even... I can't even begin to tell you guys how cool I would have thought this was. <laughs> so, at, at one point in my life. Yeah. Yeah, we do get a little glimpse of Boruto and his super cool edge uniform. So... Oh, my God. Brian, what, where, would you, where would you rate this on the edge-o-beater? It's pretty high. Um, right. Even though he doesn't have black hair, he's not wearing a hoodie. Um, I think the is, scar on his eye compensates for all that. Yeah, the scar on his eye. For sure. Cloak, the cloak actually a surprisingly good um, alternative to the hoodie. Um, so I, I'm I'm honestly impressed. Uh, you he know, looks the, like a pirate. Uh, yeah, the studded belt. The the. Why does he have that? Why does he have a swashbuckling shirt and and and? Because he's a ninja, he like Josh. This is what ninjas like dress shanks, like, bro. This is what ninjas uh, dress like. No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> Shut up. 
I think the fact that his shirt is also open and he has a, a pretty cool sword on his side. Yeah, this he is literally cool. looks like Shane. He looks uh, like he's about is... to shoot an R&B video. Yeah, this is getting like a eighty like percent on the uh, edgeometer here. But what um, about the way the cloak flows in a way that's very inconvenient? Yeah, that's accounted for in the eighty percent. Okay, that's that's, uh, that's, that's fair. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um. Anyway, now that we got the edgeometer stuff out of the way, uh, Serata in her coat that is permanently one shoulder comes off all the time. It's too big. Yeah, for that's her. annoying to me. I <laughs> <really>. <laughs> like, fix your coat. <laughs> like, what's the point, man? Yeah, I don't get it. It's not my favorite character design, to be honest. She reminds me of Bayonetta with her new design. Is that what they were going for? I feel like that's what they were going for. Which I don't mind. I just wish that she had more clothes on, but... Yeah, characters that have, like, like their, like one of their character designs is that their clothing is on them in a way that in no way possible it could stay like that. It's, it'd be harder for it to stay that way than for them to actually just fix it. Look, I feel like she would look so much cooler if she had the jacket completely on. Or not a jacket. And just like a, here's the thing. like Say what you will about this <laughs> artist. I feel like he draws female clothing in a very inconvenient for battle way that is like almost distracting. Where it's like, why would you wear this to combat? It doesn't fit you. <laughs> Distractingly inconvenient. Yeah, it's going to fly off of you. This coat is falling off you. You're not doing anything. It just bugs me. Anyway. Sarada arrives at uh, the Hokage's office where Shikamaru seems to be the eighth Hokage now. Uh, taking over for Naruto, who is now in the super cool cube dimension that Kawaki has access to. Um, cube. The cube dimension where there's cubes everywhere. Um, so, you know, Sarada is explaining something to Shikamaru for like, I guess the billionth time because this is a three-year time skip. So I can only imagine Sarada comes into his office every day to yell about how Boruto is not the fucking day. bad guy. And Shikamaru's right, like... Right, like, she didn't wait. Right. Shikamaru's like... Serata, we gave him many chances. He crossed the line first. Remember that he's a traitor who killed the Hokage and tried to kill his his son Kawaki too. He cannot go unpunished. My little co-host Gingerbread is here. Uh, yeah, she's great. Okay. And he's like, and, and, and quite frankly, he's starting to annoy the shit out of me. He's starting to really acting like everybody else in the village aside from you was fucking crazy. Yeah. You've got to see how you're the crazy. Yeah, you're the crazy one. And she's like, and like I said before, your entire premise is wrong. Borto would never kill for Lord Seven. Give him a chance to tell his side of the things. And um, I guess that's. I Konoha. like how the person next to Shikamaru is like, kind of gives him the look of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Cuckoo. He doesn't really look at him that way, but that's that's what happens in my head, Ken. Is yeah. that actually uh, Konohamaru? That's what I was literally thinking. Is like, is that Konohamaru? It is Konohamaru. It really doesn't matter at this point. It really, <laughs> it truly does not matter. 
Uh, he call he says he his name is Kona Hunt. Like he says enough. Kona oh, I, I yeah, I could it looked like him. I was just like I can't tell. Uh oh, okay. So yeah, I guess that is Konohamru. And um Does he have parents? Konohamru? Yeah. He's I think old so. enough to be a parent at this point. It's so weird. No, but I mean like Well he's Is the, he Senju or something? Yeah, he's Remember? uh he's no, he's not Senju, but he's Hiruzen's grandson. Which means he should be send Senju, right? No. The third Hokage wasn't Senju? No. No, I don't think so. No, he's Sarutobi wow. is his name. Because Azuma's last oh. name is Sarutobi. No, third Hokage was was a different beast, bro. He, he yeah, was he was a, a different guy. He was taught bro. by his teachers were the first and second Hokage. Right. But they're not his they're not related to him. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay. I see. Third Hokage was his own beast. He was like, oh my god, he was a different fucking animal. Yeah. Um, Not cooler than Sarada's jacket, though. No, definitely not. He never wore anything as cool as Sarada's jacket. Mm -hmm. But anyway. (laughs) Oh, speaking of cool guys. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, you'll see. Oh, okay. Anyway, oh. so yeah, Shikamaru basically is like, listen, Serata, <laughs> stop being a loony, a loony woman, okay? There's plenty of people here who understand that Boruto is like basically a terrorist, so I can't lift the order of his execution, so I can't do anything. My hands are tied. This will be the last time we speak of this. Now go back to your mission. Um, Serata calls him a blockhead. And uh, Konohamaru was like, no, stop it. That's the Lord. Ho- that's the eighth Hokage you're talking about. Um, and he basically, and Shikamaru is just like, Sarada, I'm worried about you. At this rate, forget Hokage. You'll never be more than a Genin. Um, and Sarada's like, because my dad's a traitor too, just like Boruto. And he's like, no, this has nothing to do with Sasuke. It's, I'm talking about your future as a Konoha Shinobi. So, yeah, she, uh, Sarada brings up the fact that Naruto back in the day went super duper hard to bring back Sasuke to the village, you know, so he still became a Hokage while still a Genin. So my role model is Lord Seventh, not you. So that's a sad, that's kind of sad for Shikamaru, to be honest. I know he can't help it because he just straight up doesn't have the same memories as Sarada, but man. Yeah, to yeah. him, he's he's literally like, bro, he literally killed Naruto. What is your fucking problem? Yeah. Yeah, I get just, that. But it's still, think she's crazy. Yeah, I get that, but it still makes me sad to see Shikamaru this way. <laughs> yeah. Um, meanwhile, in the cube dimension, where there's nothing but cubes, uh, <laughs> Naruto and Hinata seem to be chilling in stasis. They're cubing it up. <laughs> They're cubing oh, there's, hard. There's, there's, other, there's, there's other things besides the cubes there. There's cubes. and Cubes and edge. There's edgy cubes. There for are sure. edges on those cubes. There's cubes. Oh, th- yeah. These edges, these cubes are edgy. So, And a very long belt. Yeah, Much longer at, than necessary. If you look at the corner on those cubes, that is pretty sharp. Yeah, these are edgy. Brian, how would you rate these there's cubes on the edge of the cubes? <laughs> Why am I reading here? Uh, the cubes themselves. The cubes themselves, not very... Like, all right, you know, despite them having literal edges on them, I don't think this is edge enough. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd give this like a, you know, you know, actually, you know, they're they're dark. Okay, so that did you forget them. that Kawaki was also in this world? <laughs> well, what if you if add Kawaki here? That would de- so it would if Kawaki was here. Kawaki is there. All right, without so. Kawaki here, I'd say this is like a fifteen percent on the edge edgeometer. Mm. But if Kawaki was here, I would you know what? I would have to see him and see what he looks like to like really know how much to gauge it. Well, so. you're in luck, Brian. There's literally a panel. Way longer than you thought. There's literally a panel where Kawaki is standing on top of one of the cubes. Oh shit! Okay, let me let me. <laughs> Both his hands is in his pocket. Of course. He has a black mohawk that's longer now. Yeah, he has a belt um, the, that's unnecessarily long, as Josh said. Oh, like, um, it's... Is he wearing miles two belts? Oh These my pants God. are baggy. Is he? Yeah, he has a belt around his hoodie and then a belt around his pants. Oh, he does have a belt around his hoodie. <laughs> Damn. Oh, God. Okay. He said, you yeah. know what, actually... Actually, what was okay. that guy's name again? With His the collar fucking, is with up. The belt? Also, by the way, and he's like, actually, that he looked cool. <laughs> His collar is up, by the way. Yeah, it pops, right? Of it's course, pop. no, it's, of I course, Japanese, a... Japanese people can't help them. guys. They right. must <laughs> pop their collars. Guys, Kawaki's so a bad boy. Bad boys don't have their collars yeah. down. The Mohawk, the studded belt, the baggy clothes. Uh, the the face tattoo, the open earring. toe sandals too. Come yeah, on, yeah, open toe sandals, pierced earrings, uh, pe- like a studded ear earring. As he stares at his comatose adopted parents, bro, with a stoic expression, uh, surrounded by cubes. Oh man, that's you know what? Shoulder what shrugs. Give, give Boruto an eighty percent on the edgeometer. Yeah, you gave Boruto an eighty percent. All right. I'm gonna have to give this in. Uh, this is an 85 percent edge mm, That feels fair. All right, can I make one more final appeal to you, Brian? Okay. One okay. more final appeal. Go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. I want to add context to the situation. Okay. So, if you look at his stance, you know how cool boys sometimes will take that picture where uh-huh. like they they have like their hands in their pockets, but like their shoulders are kind of up. And they'll uh-huh. put they'll put the emoji for the picture like the shoulder shrug, uh huh. Just like you know, he's doing that. Yeah, that that's accounted for. The thing is, like you, you counted guys, for that already. That he's yeah, in, like he's in the pose. Like you guys. Don't all right, I'm just making sure. All right, look, there's too much. There's too like too much light. You know, like you know, there's too much white space. That's not very edgy. Um, also, well, Brian, that's where you're wrong. Frank Miller not- established that negative space is very, very edge in his eighties <laughs> comics. Oh, hey, who's who's? Have you ever read Sin City? Here, huh? Have you ever read Sin City? Have you ever read The Dark Knight Rises or The Dark Knight Returns? Or <laughs> listen, I'm the one who's making the rules here. Okay, I'm just putting forth my my appeal. Okay, listen, the, you guys are forgetting the importance of a hood. When it comes to edge, mm. a hood mm. is is a very very strong um, addition to the edgeometer. Whether you you could start wearing it and then take it off, that's fine. But as right, long as right. you have it on your like, as long as you have done it, you have had the hoodie on you at some point. 
um that would that would be a, a significant improvement to the edgeometer but kawaki uh does not have a hood on him so you're saying the pop um, collar does nothing the collar does something definitely that that definitely does something and that did bring him over the edge i'd say uh compared to boruto you know boruto had a cloak which of course like you know is just like an interesting little like deviation from the hood um mm -hmm. but the collar pop that's as edge as a like that's that's like a how do you say like a socially acceptable edge you know mm. It's like a like a the thinking man. I would never man. let my friends I do see. that, but I feel you. I know what you. I guess I, I understand. I understand. Like when you see somebody with a popped collar, you think that's edge, but like you know that's plausible edge. Yeah, it's a like hoodie. edge, but he's like he like thinks about stuff. Exactly. You had to put in effort <laughs> to put on put up your collar. Okay. Um, but with a hood, you throw that shit on, and like. If like a real edge lord will wear that hood, no matter the circumstance, you know. I, I really feel what Brian's saying because immediately I think about like the original Naruto and how completely edge that whole team of characters became when they went out to look for Sasuke. Um, it was with the, the, the they brought the insect guy along, and they didn't do well. Chino but they all thought they were so fucking cool. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was in Shippuden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. They all came out in their winter gear. <laughs> but more specifically, yeah, the the winter gear, that cloak. cloak they had, was part of their winter gear. It's the Winter Edge Collection. <laughs> the Winter Edge Collection. I, yeah. I, I think Shino, Shino is peak edge. Wow, uh, well, we haven't seen Shino like, in a long time. Yeah, because yeah. I think Shino in uh, Shippuden had a hoodie on. He, he did from he did. high collar. You're right. Yeah, yeah. He had a high collar so, and a hoodie. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Wait, he had both. Yeah, he had both. Yeah. Oh my god, that is yeah. incredible <laughs> amounts of edge. Mm -hmm. And he used a, a a power that nobody wanted to like. Even yeah. Associated with. Yeah. This Come is on. this is a fun fact about me, guys. But when I first saw Shino's uh popped collar and and hoodie combo my i actually got a paper cut when i was reading those pages mm -hmm. that's how edge it was he's definitely downgraded I was smart enough and, I, and i wore gloves that was a good move josh he, he's definitely downgraded in uh his adult years with the edge you know well, you know he, you grow up you know you 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 grow out of this phase yeah he grew up out of he has like a pretty lame visor now i don't i'm not a fan of it not very edgy at all in fact Everyone all, of edges to go, all of his edges basically gone mm. um so she put in she put in she know is peak oh and he had goggles he had fucking goggles on he, did he had a hoodie, a high fucking collar that blocked off his fucking mouth, and a goggles. Come okay. on, that's right. ninety. That's ninety five percent on the fucking edgeometer. Hey, we can't we can't spend time reminiscing about the old days. Although we should make some time at some point during the podcast to do some edgeometer stuff. But <laughs> we gotta we gotta continue on because this is a long chapter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So we then cut off to Science Lady, who I also. Whose name I don't exactly remember, but she's hanging out with Sarada. They're I talking. forgot her name too. <laughs> I forgot her name for sure. Same. Uh, she's 
she's talking with Serata about the fact that they're not, they're not, they, they, they're not affected by Ada's whole thing. And they're like talking about this, like as if this just happened yesterday, but this has happened three years ago. Um, yeah. For the second time. Yeah. This is like three years later. They're still talking about it. Like it happened 25 minutes ago. Uh, and they're breaking it down that, you know, uh, Ada's omnipotence made it so that the, in their eyes, we're the ones who are weird because we remember everything. But to them, Kawaki has always been Naruto's son. And uh, Boruto is just a rebellious outsider and an ungrateful traitor. So early on. Make sure to recap. Yeah, but they do mention that sometimes people realize like some paradoxes in this new reality. Like, how could Kara have modified Kawaki's body if he'd been born and raised in the village? And what happened to Momoshiki? Even Master Shikamaru hounded Kawaki about that. But at some point, uh, Ada's ability just kind of like faded all those doubts away. So, hmm. you know, they don't really know what they're supposed to do now. Speaking of which, we cut over to Ada, who seems to have been sitting on the same couch with Daemon for three <laughs> years. <laughs> uh, so, you know, Daemon's like, you still ain't giving up? It's an unwinnable game, you know. And she's like, yeah, I have no control over my omnipotence, just like my ability to charm. Although, I've started to understand how it works. And she's like, wait, any new information? Sarda asks her. And she's like, well, we know that omnipotence is a type of Otsutsuki Shinjutsu. What that uh, makes one's desires real. And everyone's memories were changed. Everything they remembered about Boruto was rewritten, resulting in the two positions. God damn it, they're explaining it again. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and she's like, is there any way to reverse it? And wouldn't you know it, Ada still doesn't know. Um, <laughs> Ada's still like, I don't know. Nor but, does she really want to either. Yeah, she's not like really trying to do anything about it either. Um, so, you know. And she's like, wait, well, think about it. Aren't you the ones whose memories weren't uh, weren't flawed? So who'd take you seriously? And she's like, to be brutally frank, I tried get, I'd give up trying to return things to the way they were. It'd be more practical just to rewrite different memories. Though there's a risk in that too. And then she realizes, like, you know, I still find it weird that you guys remain remember everything when you're not even Otsusuki. So, you know, both my both omnipotence and charm have no effects on Utsusuki, and they don't work on family members like Daemon. But you two are neither. So how were you able to remember your feel your memories? And um now Sarada and Science Girl are just sweating because she's like, Are you guys really my captives? And they remember what Shikamaru said a long time ago about not letting on that they're not under Ada's spell. And um, Science Girl is like... Out of fear of Damon destroying them? Because yeah. he is peak. He right. is peak. Strong boy. <laughs> no matter how uh, Brian feels. Yeah. He is peak character, Brian. You need to understand that. He's, He's wearing... such a fucking loser. He's I got am. a little bunny pajamas on. Damon! Gonna Damon. kill your favorite character. <laughs> So Science Girl is just like, please, we've told you over and over again that we're just hiding our feelings from you. I mean, no one escapes being charmed. And it is like, true, true. Even though... True. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Even though you've escaped my arguably more powerful 
ability. I'll let it slide that you didn't escape this one. And uh, Kawaki just pulls <laughs> That's up. That's true. <laughs> wow, I actually did not think about that. <laughs> Even though you managed to bypass my strongest fucking ability. My reality warping ability. But anyway, Kawaki arrives. I just noticed that he has like a gigantic back pocket. Preferably. Oh. <laughs> probably. No, no. That doesn't change anything. Probably here. for like a death note, like a model death note. Like, a, mm-hmm. yeah, Ooh, if he did have a death note, that would add like maybe it's two. It's literally the size of a model notebook. <laughs> he has a small journal in it and he writes dark poetry. Yeah. You know what I will say though? This this moment here is more edgy than the dark world. I mean than the than the ed than the cube world. Oh, yeah. So I will Yeah, this, this is a weird moment for me. But... I'll give this like an eighty seven percent. Yeah, his 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 uh popped up collar jacket is flowing in the wind. Yeah, popped up collar, wind, hair, he's pondering. Yeah, he's pondering. And Mitsuki's in the background here, just like Fiending, he's thirsty. Uh, Kawaki's just like cool your blood thus bloodthirst Mitsuki. It's truly suffocating. And he's like, I'm sure Borto wants to kill you, and he's just like, and he's Otsuki just like you. It's possible that he's a, he's mastered the ability to erase his chakra signal. And uh, Kawaki's like, if he comes here, I'll I'll sense it right away. So you know he can't, even if he eludes the sensory unit, he can't trick me. And Mitsuki is like, I want to protect you. I will kill him. I swear it. And uh, Kawaki's like, all right, weirdo, stop following me. And he's like, but Kawaki, you're... And then um, Kawaki gets a, a call on his intercom talking about how there's claw marks outside of the wall. And he flies away, uh, leaving Ka- Mitsuki being like, you're the sun shining brightly upon my moon. Aren't you Kawaki? I don't get this. I think it's like a, it harkens back to that one shot with Mitsuki. But I, I, I don't remember for sure. Well, everything that he feels towards Kawaki is what he feels towards Boruto, really. So, yeah. Yeah. Either way, he's going a little too hard. There's romantic feelings there, without a doubt. Which is fine, but it's also there's romantic feelings and there's just straight up obsession. Yeah, it's being expressed in a really weird way. Yeah, he's just like overbearing. He's like he can literally fly, Mitsuki. No. But anyway, we then cut over to Himawari, who is now a little older and uh, doing some shinobi training with uh, Chocho. Um, you know, it's a cool moment. She's training with Cho- with the Inashika Cho trio. Um, and yeah, they're ba- I guess they're teaching her. It's a yeah, cool, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a cool, sweet moment. Um, but yeah, they ask her, why do you want to get so strong? And she's like, it's not that I want to get strong. It's just like, I feel like everyone in Konoha will yell at me for saying this, but I kind of want to help Boruto. Shika dies like, huh? And uh, she's, he's like, you don't really mean that, do you? And she explains that, like, it sounds wacky, but everyone, what everyone says about him is totally different from what I remember of him. You know, it's like, I don't think he killed my dad. 
And I saw with my own eyes that him risking his life to protect my dad and me. So such a person wouldn't kill my dad. And there has to be some kind of explanation. And if that's the case, that is the case, Borto's got to be in some deep trouble. And uh, she says that she has this feeling that board that Naruto is still alive somewhere. Uh, meanwhile, we cut back to Kawaki and he does a cool dimension thing to one of the uh, claw marks that was left outside of the village. Um, so they're just like trying to figure out, he's like, I don't get code. Why come near so frequently, but not attack? Especially since like, I hear he's has like several thousand soldiers. Um, but uh, as they're kind of like talking about it, uh, Kawaki notices that one of the shinobi of the leaf has a claw mark on his neck. So he, I guess, dimension warps that one away too. And um, they're realizing that like he may have put claw marks on other people. So yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So he's just like trying to find them now. But meanwhile, in the village, uh, a claw mark activates on the back of some person and just uh, unveils one of Code's weird claw mark soldiers and bats away one of the people starts causing uh chaos the kanoha police force it looks like frieza it does look like frieza um the kanoha police force jumps into action but to no avail but kawaki comes in in the last minute and punches this guy in the face um and sarada also joins the fray in beating up these code monsters um but as the battle continues uh, Code himself appears from one of the monsters looking like a fucking vampire. Yeah. And um, yeah, Code is like, nice to finally meet you, Uchiha Sarada. And, uh, you know, he explains that he's looking for Boruto and um, he's, and Sarada says like, he's not here. He left three years ago. And she's like, and Code is like, I know I've been chasing him for almost two years now. And I'm tired. So, you know, he said, uh, I've decided to lo stop looking. That's why I came here. He thought that using his friends as bait to uh, would uh, bring him here, basically. Attacking the village would attract Boruto to save it. So, you know, he's like, I hope he could scream real pretty so it, it would reach him. And then all of a sudden, a foot comes down on his face and it is Boruto who has arrived in his super cool cloak. It's a pretty cool panel it for me. Cool. I liked it. It's a pretty sick panel, mm. I'm not going to lie. Um, and Boruto says, like, it's that kind of sick thinking that creeps girls out. Um, he dodges one of Kawaki's attacks. And then uh, Kawaki, uh, did I say Kawaki, one of Code's attacks? Kawaki senses Boruto's there. And so do the uh, sensory unit ninjas. And yeah, Shikamaru orders all the battle, all the fighters to prioritize confronting Code and his claw grimes, uh, but keep an eye on Boruto's movements and try to figure out his plan. And the chapter ends with a big face-off between Code, Kawaki, and Boruto. And yeah, that was uh, the first chapter of Boruto Blue to Blue Vortex. Josh, what did you think of this chapter? It was nice for you know for Boruto to be back. It has been so long. 
Um, I'm not going to say I forgot about it or nothing, but um, it's happy it's back. Well, it was a large chapter. It gave me a lot to think about, but I, I don't love a lot of the new designs. I don't know what it is. They just they just continue to, I just continue to not like the decisions that they're making. You know, like I I, I think some of the some some looks are creative, but they're doing too much like Serata, and then some just there's just nothing going on with them at all. Like uh, the snake guy. Oh well, there's something going on with him, but it has nothing to do with his looks. Everything to do with him being the clone child of fucking Orochimaru. Poor, poor kid. He's always going to be a weirdo. He can't help it. Um, I wonder if um, Himawara, that's, that's the girl's name, right? Himawari. Himawari. Has it been confirmed that she has the Byakugan? Yeah, she has the Byakugan. But not Oh man. But not the the Jugan like uh Boruto. At least not yet. We don't know much about her What's potential. The Jugan? But I could imagine that she is just as powerful if not more powerful than Bor like potential to be more powerful than Boruto. Cuz it looks like What's she What's the Jugan? The Jugan is uh like the enhanced Byakugan. Did Neji have it? It's the one that Boruto has is in his uh in his right eye. Is it through the Momoshiki or something like that? No, um, it's not even something that Otsusuki can really obtain. It's like something even rarer. And Boruto has it. Yeah, Boruto has it. No fucking way. I don't remember that. Yeah, it's it's just I think it's just as rare as the Renengan. Okay. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean I don't I don't know if you have one to finish your thought. But oh, yeah. um yeah. Uh, oh yeah, you already. I guess you did explain uh, yeah, about the eyes. Yeah, yeah. I, I did not know about that with Baruto, but I will. I'll just take your fucking word for it. Um, I actually did not think it was cool at all how he just appeared and laid it on Code's face. Um, and I also think that line he dropped was super lame. Like. Like bro, what happened? You you spent three years hanging out with mad bitches, and you and you learned that. <laughs> the fuck out of here. <laughs> that was like I don't know the author or the translator was like, what's something that's going to sound cool and mature to show Boruto's growth? Not that. I mean, Boruto's always had sass. He always has had it. I'm not saying that that he hasn't, but. I just didn't care for that line. I think it was, and cool. then I think the panel was cool. His cloak was still covering his face in the next panel. How'd that make you feel? Um, yeah, that was pretty cool. Okay. Well, 
I don't I don't really have that much more thoughts. Um, I'm I'm more interested to hear what y'all have to say about the chapter. Well, I'm glad that Boruto's back. I missed I missed this series a lot. Um, it was on a pretty impressive streak for me. Uh, before I went on break, um, I was really, I agree. I was really impressed with everything that Boruto was doing, and I'm interested to see what they're gonna do with their next step here. This is a, you know, aside from Sarada, you know, she kind of looks cool if she had less you know less legs showing and stuff like that but less jacket no i feel like the jacket's cool if she would just fucking pull the other shoulder up but <laughs> she has a she has a cool design aside from that um i'm just interested to see what they got planned um also i feel like shikamaru feels like he's in the wrong a little bit here um just by how he's uh the way he's kind of commanding people he's like yo focus on the fucking on code and the guys and just like try to figure out what boruto is really about you know like i feel like sarada got through to him a little bit and he's kind of opening his eyes that maybe boruto Maybe the situation with Borto isn't as clear cut as he once thought. Um, so that's pretty sweet. Um, yeah, if he uses his brain, yeah, like he should be able to put it together. Um, but we'll we'll see how this all pans out. I'm really interested to see where Sasuke is. Um, I'm really interested to see, like, how Sakura has been holding up to all this. Um, another thing I kind of realized is that Boruto and um, Himawari are both experiencing the same situations um, Naruto went through when he was growing up, except, you know, it's like Naruto, I mean, Boruto lost, uh, has no fan, no family, no friends, um, and Himawari has no family like she doesn't have a brother she doesn't have well she has kawaki i guess technically because that's who she thinks is his brother but Mm -hmm. um she doesn't have parents um so like i completely forgot that himawari also fits in this equation when it comes to like the reversal of uh fate when it comes to naruto and his children um so I'm I'm really interested to see how much more she can bring to the table because um Himawari's I don't know if it's been shown in the manga, but she has shown like actual potential to be a very powerful person. Um I just don't know how that's gonna manifest in this show because um Borto is the one that has the Jugan, which is um a really, really uh important and powerful uh um i um so i'm curious to see how she she kind of comes into her own in this but aside from that you know they laid down the law they laid down the law like they're they're setting (laughs) shit up um we're gonna see how they're gonna it's gonna pan out next month Mm. those are my thoughts yeah 
I, I wasn't super crazy about this chapter, I'll be honest. Um, there's just certain, like, writing things, I guess, that I wasn't, like, a fan of necessarily. I feel like um, the stuff with Ada and the science girl and, and Serata, like, it, I, I guess, like, the whole point of this time skip is it doesn't feel, like, super necessary. You know what I mean? Like, all mm -hmm. this stuff that happens in this chapter could have happened, like, a week or two weeks after, like, the time skip that was supposed to happen. Nothing super changed in that time that would really warrant this huge of a leap. But I'm willing to, like, kind of uh, reserve judgment on that, really, until, like, the next chapter to where we see, like, the actual effects. But there's certain things, like... The stuff with Ada not really figuring out that these guys aren't really under her spell for this long. Despite them not being under her, like, stronger spell is a little weird. Um, so, yeah, it's stuff yeah. like that. That just kind of, like, bugs me a little bit. Um, but I, I am willing to reserve judgment a little bit until a couple chapters into this uh, this time skip stuff to see if there's any, like, substantial changes from the time skip. But it doesn't really feel all that necessary in the grand scheme of things. Like, why did it have to move three years later? Outside of, like, I guess... Boruto, Make everyone look edge. I guess, like, outside of, like, Borto being a little stronger and, like, giving a good amount of plausible space for him to come back with a higher mastery of his karma or whatever... But, yeah, I, I would have just rather have followed Boruto throughout this journey, in a sense. In, in his, like, banishment journey. But we'll have to see. I don't know. It just doesn't gel with me quite yet. But outside of that, I didn't, think, I didn't hate it or anything. It was, it was just, like, little moments where I'm like, meh. <laughs> but outside of that, it was okay. I wasn't I wasn't wild about it, but maybe it'll take some time to settle in for me. Yeah, I, I want to see how this fight resolved. I'll give it a couple of chapters. You know, Boruto needed time to heat up. Yeah. So I'll I'll give this new start a little bit of time to. Yeah, but that's all I gotta say about Boruto. You guys. Uh... Ready to move on? Any rebuttals before we go? No. I'm ready. Then let's go. Black Clover. Oh, thank God. <laughs> this is Black Boy, Clover. Boy, if you would have said Dragon Ball Super, I would have said peace out. <laughs> <laughs> this is Black Clover. I know this is, uh, this is getting a little long in the tooth to be honest so uh this is black clover chapter 368 just getting started uh last we left off asta has returned to the battle and has defeated damnatio and has uh dispersed his uh anti-magic abilities amongst the black bulls reviving those have, that have fallen and have uh, given everybody super cool new anti-magic designs um super cool times five super cute yeah, just like that. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so now we open up with Yami going up against Morgan, who is uh, who is a paladin now, and he seems to have the properties of dark and light magic, and um, you know he's uh, giving Yami a little bit of a run for his money using both of these abilities, and he manages to cut Yami pretty severely, um, and Morgan is like, "Sorry, Yami." I'm on my own already. Uh, on my own, I'm already the strongest magic knight. Um, the Lucius clones are going around just beating the shit out of Yuno. <laughs> They're ganging up on him pretty bad. Um, one of the Golden Dawn dudes is like, he can't really, he really can't fight two at once. This is bad. If Yuno falls, then Neverland will be will come undone and we'll lose to Lucius's time magic. So it's not looking good for everybody. Um, but just as, uh, he, Lucius is about to put an end to this world, guess who shows up, but the fucking them boys, them boys, the black bulls, they pull up super cool looking in their cool new designs. Um, they save Yami, um, and Asta pulls up to Lucius immediately, uh, pushing him away and saving, you know, and, uh, he looks over to, you know, he's like, What's, what was that? Were you losing or something, you know? And you already know what time it is, boys. Uh, Uno looks at Asta and he says, In your dreams, I'm the one. And simultaneously, at the same exact time, they say these exact same words. They say, Who's <laughs> going to take out take that guy out and become the wizard king? And that's where the chapter ends. <laughs> uh we do get a little bit of a note from Black Clover's author Tabata. Um, he is leaving Jump after this oh. chapter. Yeah, Elp and Ellen. He's moving to Jump Giga, where he will be working on a three-month schedule. So Giga L. <laughs> so the next time we'll see Black Clover is in December, actually. Um, so that's sad. Uh. A monumental loss for New Jump City. Oh, yeah. A uh, mainstay, to be honest. Since we started, we were talking about Black Clover. So, since 2019, basically. So, it's, uh, it's weird to see one go. You know, we already had to deal with this with World Trigger back in the day. But uh, another series is moving on to a different magazine. And, uh, Brian, you said something that Ch Chainsaw Man is also going to jump Giga? I don't know if it's going to jump Giga, but I... I can't find anything that confirms that it got transferred somewhere, so we can hold off on that for now. Oh, but thank God. I did hear that it was moving to a magazine, but I'm not sure. Because it already Which moved. Series? It already moved once. Maybe it'll stay in this one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really sad about that. I'm. It, it sucks. Yeah. I'm gonna miss Black Clover week to week. We took it for granted, for real. Um, and uh, we talked about it, and we may be putting up a poll pretty soon for you guys to choose a series to potentially replace Black Clover. Uh, on a, a weekly, weekly series, yeah. not Jujutsu Kaisen. Unfortunately, I mean not uh, Kaiju Number Eight. <laughs> unfortunately, I mean it's a possibility, I guess, but um. You know, something uh something that Brian lied to us. It's not weekly. He was being desperate. Huh? <laughs> he was being desperate. But 
yeah, more on that later. Just uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's where we'll likely be putting up a poll uh, for you guys to help us out in determining a series that could possibly replace Black Clover. Uh, not that Black Clover is replaceable at all. It is sad that we're not going to have it on a regular basis, but hey, we just want to give up as, give you guys as much content as we can. Uh, so yeah, with that being said, I guess we could get into this chapter's thoughts overall. Josh, what would you what did you think about? Black Clover chapter 368. Man, Yami got fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was going to have a good fight and beat his friend and show him how much he's grown. Um, But no, <laughs> he said, let me show you a little something, 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 something that uh, Master fucking Light and Time Mage gave me. And he pulled out the dark element. I thought he was going to combine the light and the dark and make like a gray, like a twilight thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he didn't need to, bro. Not even. He didn't need to. And uh, he, he showed the army the difference in their power. And it's crazy because I guess that was the only dude that ever really could check Yami. Not even in a tough way. So, like just like as a friend because of the respect he has. So... Oh, I guess there's also Vangits, but, you know, that nigga was a op, so. Yeah, it's kind of crazy seeing. Mm. Uh, I mean, the last, excuse me, the last time we seen Yami in a tough situation, he lost and got snatched up by, uh, by that gravity double. Shit was crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Brian, do you have any thoughts on the chapter? Um, not very many. It was really cool to see um the Black Bulls kind of fucking come in to save the day. I'm sure Yami's gonna have his uh get back once um Asta gives in some of that anti magic uh coding or whatever. Oh please, yes. That's and then Yami's back on the protagonist uh board. Um but I just wonder how much more Asta can kind of spread out, um, like his influence. I don't know if he can just apply that to all of the Clover Kingdom, but dude, he could apply it to Yuno, know, and then Yuno know could apply it to his field spell magic card. Yeah, him giving that to Yuno know would be fucking way too strong. But also, I don't think Yuno know really needs it. Because Yuno was doing his shit, like so that he could pass the anti magic to everybody else. Oh, with the with the Neverland. That's what I meant by his field. Oh, that that makes sense. You know, it was a Yu Gi Oh reference, bro. Yeah, that that would work. That would work. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see uh to see the black how um how Yuno and Asta kind of work together to kind of turn the tides a little bit more. This is going to be sick. But yeah. Those yeah, are Lucius is going to swear that he's in charge and that he's in control, and he's going to find out in another three months that he is not in control at all. Yeah. And that Asta is now the captain of that ship. Yeah, once Asta showed up, everything got flipped on its head. Chris, what are your thoughts? 
Ooh, yeah. I thought this was a very fun chapter. It's, uh, man, it even had the patented uh, both Yuno and Asta yelling at the same time about being the Wizard King. Uh, classic. Classic. Can't, can't deny. Uh, so very excited to see what happens next after that. I, I'm wondering if they're just going to do individual battles from here on out, which is going to be crazy on a three-month schedule. Um, but I feel like the the reason Tabata moved is that he does want to have these, like, he, does, he doesn't want to, like, rush the series out because he's overworked. So, you know, having a looser schedule will allow him to draw at a more reasonable pace and uh, tell the story the way he wants to tell it. So I think there's just going to be individual battles between the Paladins and the Black Bulls. Um, and as well as, like, obviously the final battle between Lucius Asta and Yuno. So uh, there's a lot of exciting times coming for Black Clover. Um, I, the, uh, the bar is very high. Very excited to see it come back. And uh, it's, the show's not going to be the same without Black Clover, to be honest. Um but it's really not. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. But overall, very excited for what's coming next. I, uh, I don't have a lot of thoughts. The action was so fucking cool. And the black bulls coming up on the scene as per usual is pretty fucking awesome. Um, I love this last two page spread. I think it was just so well drawn and they look so cool. Uh, you know, and us to do so. Mm hmm. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, those are all my thoughts. Um, you guys uh, ready to move on to our final series? Yes, sir. Yep. All right, let's get going. <laughs> Luffy! <laughs> Undead Unluck. Uh, the Luffy one is low key my favorite now. Oh, uh, I'll just play it for you. Just yeah. Huh. Uh, all right. Well, Josh, I'm gonna throw it to you. Undead unluck. Undead unluck. Chapter number one seventy one. So I will by Yoshifumi Suzuka. We are part. We are uh, nearing. I don't know. Maybe nearing the end of the uh, slice of life. Uh, undead unluck. Go to un undead unluck. No school. Um, X family. I'm gonna stop. So, um, last time we read Undead Unlock, Chikara finally unlocked his negator ability, um, by almost killing his parents. Which thankfully, Fuko was there to use her kung fu abilities to stop a fully loaded Mack truck, um, from from hitting into them. I guess Gina helped too, but. Um, yeah, surprisingly, Fuko was not injured from that, from like what happened that night. So they're still functioning as, as normal people within, uh, within the school. Um, they also established that they're going to help Chikara, uh, you know, finish out high school. Um, so I'm just going to preface this chapter beforehand. I got, there's a lot of stuff i'm gonna kind of just get through it but this is a very wholesome chapter just you know just to say so um 
Chikara's taking pictures of everybody. And, you know, first of all, Sean, I guess, closes his eyes. So he's not in one of the pictures. But they keep noticing how the quality of all the pictures are kind of shitty. And it's because Chikara has to constantly, you know, stay in motion as to not make other people, you know, stand still. Which, you know, Sean claims, hey, like, wouldn't that, isn't that, like, awesome? That means you could always pick, like, the perfect shot, making them stand still. To which uh, I think Foucault is the one that that says, mm. "Oh, Gina, I'm sorry. Gina just says that you know he doesn't. It's not you know that he he doesn't want to have to rely on his negator ability. He wants to catch perfect candid moments with his camera. I thought that made a lot of sense, you know. Uh, so." Boom, Nico pulls up and he's like, look, let me hook up your camera so you don't got to worry about, you know, shaking like you got Parkinson's or whatever. Um, apparently this is, so, you know, he's able to take pictures with the camera and they look perfect. And apparently this is technology that they have in cameras now. So I don't know, is, do our cell phones do that? Do they have anti-shake technology? Do cameras That'd have be cool. They do. Yeah, right. They do have an answer. technology. I didn't know that. I didn't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so Chikara's just like, yo, well, I got doing all of this for me. Like, to be honest, I don't really have anything to offer y'all. <laughs> you know? Um, and I feel bad. And Fuko says, like, look, you've done a lot for us in the past. You really don't even know. You don't understand how. But, you know, this is, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Um, but someone goes on to explain later on that basically, like, you know, Foucault, she never really had the chance to, to live through high school. I think she, she talks about that herself. So that, you know, this was also a great, ex excuse me, a great experience for her as well. So it's just sweet. So they take a picture before they're all about to head home and they talk about how, you know, they'll see each other at the graduation uh, ceremony. Cool, cool. So, um... Chikara has a talk with his parents. And, um... He was talking about... He was thinking about how he could, you know, how he should be able to do something nice for Foucault and the rest of them. And, um, you know, the parents go ahead and say, hey, we offered to repay Fuko for saving our lives and helping you out. And they said it was cool that you could repay us to, by continuing to live happily. Now would be the greatest motivation you could offer us. That's what they said. And, like, it's so cheesy, but it's so it's fucking true. Like, a lot of these cheesy, these are thoughts I should say for the end of the chapter, but I'm just going to say them now. Um, the con, like, normally that would just be a nice thing to say, but it holds a lot of weight because of the context of the previous loop. You know what I'm saying? A lot have, of work has been established with these characters to try to go back and, like, correct it. So, you know, that, these, these moments are a lot more meaningful to me because, you know, they mean that shit from the bottom of their heart. Mm -hmm. Like, no, bro, you literally sacrificed your life for this shit already. 
so the fact that you know you can live peacefully just will motivate all of us yeah real shit um fuko standing standing watch over him in the night like a ninja creepy <laughs> she's uh she's problematic like a shinobi <laughs> yeah but the worst kind um, so Chikara comes to graduation and he realizes nobody's there, but that none of the gang is there from Fuko. But then what's worse is that he asks his homeboy, like, yo, like, have you seen uh, uh, Mr. Zumo? And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? So Chikara knew, like, they told him that, hey, like, after the graduation ceremony, no one's going to remember who we are and, and and what happened in order, you know, so that we could just keep doing what we need to do and not, you know, affect their lives and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, when we just up and disappear. So it's really sad because Shikara thinks for a moment, like, oh shit, did they do it already? Or, and then he's like, nah, actually, something's got to be wrong because they probably, like, you know, she was really looking forward to seeing us. So then we cut to uh, Fuko in the school with the rest of the negators fighting against the Uma known as Kalor. Kalor. Yeah, all right. What? Why? We're not, in, we're, not in, we're not in the UK. Someone made a mistake. <laughs> Someone made a mistake. Nice fucking spell color. Say it in American. Kalor. Yeah, say it in American. Or say it in Japanese. That would have been cool. Boku no Wayo Kolo. That was bad. Anyway. <laughs> Yo, all right, all right, all right. So they're just like, God damn it. Why did this fucking Uma have to pull up and make things worse? Uh, yeah, the co- color the Uma of pigment. Mm. All right, you got it. So I have a theory about this, but I'm going to save that for the end. So the crazy thing is... uh. <laughs> Fang pulls up and he's like, Fuko, I can kill this thing, right? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, go ahead, <laughs> please. And then he, when he goes to strike it, turns into one of the students. And then uh, it stops him from punching. And he gets so mad, he says, why wasn't I able to punch it? Like, bro, because you didn't want to kill a child. <laughs> okay, Fang. Usually I, do, I, usually I wouldn't mind murdering a child, but what's happening to me? It would be no for, like no harm in that. It would not be an obstacle. He's soft now. He's fucking soft. Yeah, he's not the um, same. Yeah, so in the previous loop, Chikaru was the first negator that she invited to the team. I forgot about that. Unmoved caused him to abandon his dreams and with his family, so he said goodbye to his friends that came through. But back then, the chance to show him wealth in the past came far too late. But the Jakara of today has a family and dreams. It's up to us to protect the blue skies. But Jakara. Blue skies. Oh, shit. She's going to pancake him. Um, Most importantly, anyone who tries to ruin my friend's blue skies will pay the price no matter what. She launches a kick through color that doesn't really do much damage to it. As it says, blue skies, A, then allow me to make those blue skies red. Uh, there's some real cheesy lines at the end that I'm just not going to repeat. That's the end of the chapter. So, uh, Chris, what you think? Um, I thought it was cute. <laughs> I think like the it was here are like mega really, wholesome. Yeah, it's just super wholesome, and 
kind of cool that this is happening in the middle of an active school hallway. Yeah. Um, I, I'm still, I guess I'm kind of confused as to like the memory stuff. Do they like finagle with their memories again so that they can fight um, this thing? I, I guess so. I mean, that was always the point. Like they, because it was going to be weird if all the teachers was missing all of a sudden shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's my rationale with that anyway. So, yeah, they just probably just figured, fuck it. Like, we ran into this Uma, we might as well just, you know, change the memories now. Yeah, I like the design of this uh, UMA a lot. Yeah, it's really fucking cool, right? It actually does look pretty intimidating Mm -hmm. in a way. And I have, like I said, I have a theory about this Uma. Yeah, Um, well, I, I did enjoy this chapter a lot. I thought it was like really wholesome and sweet and um i'm wondering how chikara will play into all of this because he's not just gonna you know go through his graduation like regular you know he's gonna he's gonna collide with them at some point for sure but yeah i'm, I'm interested to see how that goes um what did you think about this chapter josh i really i really liked it um yeah, as corny and whole and, and and cheesy as it was at times i still really enjoyed it it's actually my third favorite chapter of the week um, but so, all right, here's what I think. This is the Uma of, of color, right? Which means if they was to destroy this Uma, then there would be no more color. I guess. Is so. that how that works? I guess so. Right? Yeah. Yeah. If you kill an, uh, an Uma, then they. So they need to capture this. Because if they don't, then the world will lose color. And like, well, I guess if they end up killing it instead of catching it, I don't know. I wonder. Basically, my theory was that them destroying this Uma is going to negatively impact the car being a photographer, and he's going to say, "Well, since this is I don't want to just take black and white photos. I'm just going to be a negator with you guys." But I, I then now that I said that shit out loud, it doesn't really track to me. I mean, he can still take black and white photos and. I guess the world just wouldn't know that color doesn't exist anymore. I, I don't, I forget how these things happen actually. Yeah. Maybe I'll do some research for next week. But yeah, I think Chicago is going to find them, help them beat the Uma and he's going to be like, fuck photography. <laughs> I want to fight the Umas and be important. I'm going to do a super cool, super power adventure. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> How could you? How could you have uh, robbed me of this opportunity? Yeah. Okay, what happened in the past? I'll die again. All right. It's okay. I want to be lit. I want to be like future. Oh, yeah. Well, were those all your thoughts? That was pretty much the core of my thoughts. All right, then let's uh, bring this bad boy home. Uh, that has been our show. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry, guys. This is a long one. This is two and a half hours. <laughs> oh, it's 11-11. Yeah. But, oh, make a wish, dog. Um, but in any case, you know, we were off last week, so we decided to give you a little little extra something-something this week. So uh, yeah. I hope you guys with enjoyed the, with it. With a little bit of a pregame show. Yeah, with our uh, flashbacks episode show. I guess that's what we're calling it now. <laughs> um, oh, okay. I guess. I don't know. I kind of like pre-show chat show. Um but in any case, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. As per usual, you could find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter. Oh, on X and Instagram 
Uh, Brian is at b.esp on both X and Instagram as well. Yeah, you can catch him when he's streaming on twitch.tv slash it's punchline. Uh, Josh is at uh, jdcole underscore 37 on Instagram. At New Gem City Josh on X. Uh, you could uh, email the show itself at newgemcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want us to talk about. And uh, we'll answer all that stuff on our uh, show, on our pre show chat show thing that we do, uh, whatever it's called, whatever it's going to end up being called, uh, that we do, uh, that comes out every Wednesday. Uh, if you also want to communicate with us, you can hit us up on our comment section and our YouTube page. I know we don't really have video capability quite yet. I'm still working off a borrowed computer, but um, yeah, that uh, hit us up on those comments. We love to hear from you guys. Um, and subscribe to us while you're at it. Give us a like, give us a share. Uh, keep up with our really good chapter of the week poll that I post on our YouTube page every week, as well as the upcoming uh, Black Clover replacement series poll that is coming within a week or two. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, also download us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. And with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, next week should be a much simpler show. And um, we'll see you then. Stay safe, New Jump citizens. Peace out, yeah.